Alright guys, today we got Mendo Dope on the show. They rode down here all the way down from Mendocino County. Got a flat on the way. The boys still showed up in a drop top Shelby. They are not fucking around. Go check out Mendo Dope's YouTube account and their channel. Or if you're coming from their channel, welcome to First Smoke of the Day. Welcome to the First Smoke family. We want to make sure we hook you guys up and show love just like you show love to us by coming and watching the content. So go to FSOTV.com, FirstSmokeOfTheDay.com. Go to the top section. You'll see a tab that says Sponsors. Click on that. That's going to show all the coupon codes and how to get hooked up from everybody that support the show as our special thanks to you guys. So make sure you go check them out. Dr. Dabber, go get an excess, get some money off of that. Go get hooked up with Nickels and Dimes, a really dope clothing line that supports us, a personal friend of mine. And then go get hooked up with Raw Rolling Papers. You guys know exactly who they are. They've been holding every smoker down for a long, long time and we appreciate their support on the show. Black Leaf's got the rest for you guys. Check it out right here. Like Pac said, we get you hooked up. If you're a grower and you want to try a new nutrient company or you want delivery to your spot discreetly, or if you just want to go into the grow store and have them price match, growgeneration.com, but guess what? FSOTD.com, we get you hooked up on all that. All you got to do is go to the sponsors page and you get hooked up directly to them with the discount. Grow Generation, Drip Hydro, and then one we just added, Growers, this is one of the brand new technologies you're seeing sweep the industry, Faven Lighting. Under canopy lighting for your garden. Increase your yield. We're about to chop it up. We get some really cool knowledge on what's happening with this undercarriage lighting now in cannabis. If you're interested in it and you wanna up your grow, they also carry it at Grow Generation. So all the discount codes though go back to fsotd.com. Get hooked up. Wait till you hear the raid story with Mendo Dope. We talk about infusing music. We talk about Mac Dre. We get into all this. Very cool guys. Hardcore traditional market dudes originally. And if you haven't seen Mendo Dope, hit their YouTube. I mean, full gardens with them standing in the middle. They do a 40 hour harvest through October. I mean, stuff I haven't seen anywhere else. Mendo Dope, first smoke of the day. Time to roll up. We didn't realize, you know, at the growing up, you know, what's special about Mendocino and like how much money was from weed that kept the county alive. Really enjoying smoking more and finding out flavors and hunting down good weed, you know, not just like being satisfied with whatever. And that's what turned into us being like, man, we should make a song, like rep all these strains or do something where we talk about all this stuff that he has. This is going to be so cool because we have a big batch. We're going to be able to do so much shit. And we look up and we through the window of the house, there's these window panels and we just see the squad of a line of cops coming down. The next day, after we got raided, we went up in the studio and made the song The Raid, and it's just like talking about the day of the raid. It was like our most viral thing by far we did. The only reason we're not even dead right now is because the music. Like the music's half our life and the farm's half our life. We try to keep it 50-50 as much as possible. And we know how hard the game is right now for everyone. It's a struggle. We just want to let the real people, you know, just keep doing it, keep at it. Don't stop. There's enough space in this game for us to fit in here and make it work. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's First Smoke of the Day. We're back again with another episode. It's your boy, Pat Gods, in the building here with Blackleaf, as always. I'm ready, man. What's up, Biggs? <laughs> Jars out front, smelling great. I've yeah. been watching videos all morning. Come Music on, videos. We got the Mendo Dope Boys in the house. How you guys what doing? Up, man? What up, Pack and Black? What, what up, man? I know, right? <laughs> 
a long road down from Mendo, but you guys made it. Yes, yes. we made it. We, we could not it. give up. Came you know? in style too. I seen the Shelby down there in the drop uh, top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for a long time now, we've been renting cars for all these concerts and we realized it's not that much money to get the Adrenaline Series cars. So now we just like, what a car do you have? That's a Camaro, Mustang. Fire. And, uh, Chevelle, and, you know, the I mean, the Shelby's nice. Shelby. Shelby, That's a nice one. one of the, we've like, been looking for the Shelby for quite some time. Yeah, Every time one, we're traveling, we're like, you got the Shelby here? And they're like, no. <laughs> we're like, where is it? We've been seeing posters we, I about called it. Him. Yeah. I said, where do we rent? Do I got to go to Florida, Vegas, or mm-hmm. LA? Or where? You know, it's got to be one of these big cities. And she's like, oh, no, we can't. I can't have it for you. You can't find it. And I'm like, dude, where we rent from you all the time. And we had the last, uh, like their special Camaro a couple years ago, like for my bachelor party. So we're like, when they drop these new ones, we try to try it out, you know, and the Shelby's sick. Where do you guys rent from? It hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Hurts. Hell yeah. We, we put, that, we put the hurts in our mains. Hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they do I'm that. I'm banned from Enterprise. I had a rental car get stolen and oh, they fucking oh, really? ran my For ass. That? Yeah, that's, bro. That's not even your fault. Crazy. Because yeah. we've took them back with spaghetti string tires sticking off the yeah. tire. You know, Noodle fully, tread. Like where they couldn't even park the car, you know what I mean? Like they're never going to be able to bring it out until they get new tires on it. Like yeah. it's noticeable. We sit, we were scissoring off like noodle chunks of rubber because even, it was flipping up and hitting the, car, the wheel curb, well and everything. Hit a curb one time, had to get a permanent marker, black the rim back out so it doesn't have the whole silver shine from the curb yeah. notch, you know? Yeah. And they don't ever say nothing. From the beginning, yeah, we've always rented cars and just went crazy on them and tested them and pushed What'd them. What'd you think of this one compared to the other ones? Uh, I, really cool. I feel like one? the Camaro, the favorite. Okay. But this one's really this cool. This one's been fun for sure. Yeah. We got a little loose last night. It was dope. <laughs> yeah, because it was weird how it worked out. You know, the tire, we riding up here, popped our tires in a pothole, popped two of them and broke both rims. So we oh. had to take it to the shop and hauling ass, huh? Not no, even hauling ass. It was over this little bridge and this little kind of a back road in a way, not on the freeway. And just right over the two lane bridge, there's two giant potholes. I got a picture of it. So for trying to do Caltrans thing, uh, like reimbursement for this problem. And it's a giant pothole, dude. It's huge. It was just, Kind of nothing I could do in a way. I was kind of like, it was a bad timing. Look away for a second. Like all of a sudden, oh, that looks kind of big. And I'm not, I, we used to have a truck for a long time, you know, where I don't care about potholes forever. And we got this new car last year and I'm one tiny little thing. It's got such low pro tires on it. It's, it's half the problem. Now we got to be careful on every single bump. Now it's like, <laughs> that's hard to so do much. out there too. Yeah. I mean, you're talking Mendo, you're talking. Yeah. Uh, even, yeah. This hole was one of the biggest ones I've seen for sure. <laughs> I know. I've seen you stick your hand yeah, in. I was, was like, oh shit. Caltrans yeah. has to do something about this one. <laughs> it's funny. My boy told me about that too. And I'm like, dude, when you get a flat tire, the last thing I want to do is backtrack half a mile. Yeah. Go take a video uh-huh. and a picture of the pothole. And be yeah. like, this is why. And, and I don't know if. Try yeah. to get reimbursed and deal with the state. I don't know if it's you need like, the picture, but I had to get the picture for sure. And it was like, we were at pots. We had to take the car back. 20 miles so then when we got there all figured out and did the whole switch up brought new tires this morning to them so they could mount the new tires on the new rims they had to buy and then Fuck. we drove past the same spot so we were like okay we'll stop yeah, let's real stop quick here get picture. a picture then we're, we're back to, yeah. back to where we started again at least Smart. it wasn't one of them sketchy drives it's a couple jars nothing too crazy yeah you know yeah. where you pop a tire and you're like all right this is gonna be a problem uh, uh-huh. i should yeah. not yeah. 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 be sitting here a hundred percent you head up the road i'm yeah, like yeah. back yeah. tuck these yeah. in the bush <laughs> yeah it was just kind of a, it was sketchy to be here yeah so we're glad to be here yeah we didn't want to miss it you know it's like the schedules are with you guys are busy our schedules are busy and it's like we wanted to do this last year too so it's yeah. cool to finally we've been do excited it. to come on this show oh, you yeah, guys have been man. killing it like props to you guys shout out like the the content you guys are bringing the this this cannabis culture information the education everything that you guys are bringing out it's like connecting all these roots it's we love listening to it we sit back in the grow when we're trimming we're listening to podcasts so 
You guys keep on at it, man. Appreciate sure. you guys, man, for real. And you guys are killing it. Just we're really excited to hear your whole story today. Um, the movement you guys got going from the music, you know, to the cannabis, just to everything you guys and just the area, you know, it's coming from the real roots. Like Mendocino is crazy yeah. for anybody that hasn't been up there. NorCal is the birthplace, you know, it's where all this stems from, in my opinion, for the, the United States, at least. Yes. For and, sure. uh, you know, it, it's cool that what you guys have managed to do and what you guys continue to do with your whole movement is very dope. Hell yeah. So, Thank you, man. Thank it's you. It's super fun. And it's a. Uh, it is crazy just, just how we were born in there, you know, and just grew up. And we didn't know like as kids because our parents weren't growers or anything either, but we slowly saw what was going on and then you know, dove right into it. So let's talk about it. Growing up, going to school and stuff where you guys, you had guys had, uh, you know, friends that were like, you knew their parents were in the business or? Uh, it started to be where we were just starting to want to smoke weed more, you know what I mean? As we we're starting to smoke more weed, then we started meeting people who... Like the people who are buying weed from probably they get it from their dad or they know a grower or something like that, or they work at a farm as we got maybe like seniors or something. Then we started getting connected with farms themselves and then like going out, then we get a job from the farm and start trimming with the homie like introduced us to this guy or whatever. So it was kind of like, like a slow trickle in a way of just smoking and then getting into the rest. In the very beginning, like was with, where we first got our hands on weed was actually from our uncle like our our cousin got into his stash and our uncle he had he was like the only one in the family who had, was working with any kind of weed stuff so that was like our first little he stole some weed out of his stash little tin thing and we smoked it all together out of a little metal pipe and a little prototype just some shake out the prototype in a tent in the outdoor in the front yeah, yard yeah, huh, yeah. <laughs> and your parents weren't in the biz they so no but still living up in what but living right in the yeah. heart wow. of it all yeah yeah yeah, our mom's a nurse, so she's like pretty square. You know, she's never she's, liked weed that she much. She smoked or, like back in college, like one time she tells like, yeah, you know, I smoked a couple times, and but I didn't really stay into it or want to keep doing it or whatever. Yeah, she just saw tremor accidents. She was like, yeah, a guy come in and cut his finger off, you know. Yeah, no. So you grow up in the mix, like give us your first time smoking weed. That was the, uh, that was first the time. Yeah. Like we, you know, you're in the tent, we smoke out of the, pro I don't really know. Like everyone says, I don't know how high we got either. It's funny listening to you guys and hearing people tell their story. <laughs> Some people are really good at knowing if, if they got high or not. I don't think we got too high, but I bet it's, it got us started for sure. We didn't, that was, we didn't stop for a while. like, you know, when we started, it wasn't that long until we did the next and we got high the next time, you know, and stole more weed. And yeah. And I can't remember exactly how weed. long that gap was until it was like, Oh, let's get some more weed or can you, it wasn't that get long. Some more, you know, Cause what's up, man. <laughs> the first time stuff. was in a tent though with all, your uncle's outside herb. of yeah. the yard. Yeah. With Sweet. our uncle's weed Which, with our cousin. Yeah. Have like sleepovers <laughs> at our cousin's house. <laughs> and we build models and get high and stuff over there. Yeah. <laughs> After a while in the heart of the triangle. Hot box in the tent. Hot box in the tent. Yeah. yeah. Trying to be sneaky about it. You know, yeah. this was, I mean, Come this was back when like, I'm in, oh. you know, I was in like fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. It was, oh. he was really young. I was yeah. super young. Oh, you know, Brian, he's two years older than me. So my cousin, he was, he was in That's what happens when you're the younger grade, sibling. Maybe. Yeah. You get pulled in early. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, nah, you're coming too, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're all and getting in trouble. Yeah. They wouldn't want me to come. I'd still be like, man, I'm fucking, I'm rolling with y'all. Like, yeah. And then over yeah, time, it was like, petrified. More, more money. Damn, man. when he comes in, it's more lunch money to have for a bigger sack. You know? Oh, shit. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, got five on it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I got 20 for the week. I got five for the day. He like, became a part together. of the crew Let's get a sack and let's go session. But way, way young though. Yeah, he was super yeah, young super when young he started. When I first and started. he was really short. I feel like weed might stunt your growth too because he was short until he was like a sophomore, like uh, four foot or something. Dude. Yeah, I don't know. Quite five <clears throat> foot tall for a while. 
I even had this <laughs> this hoodie back in the day that said shorties on it. And I'd always like everyone would always be, What's up, Shorty? And like <laughs> and like back even before like the music days, before we started getting into music and even thinking about stuff, like I was always called Little E because I was the little brother. So I'd always be like, Oh, little E's here, little E oh, what's up, man? And crash as I got into music and stuff and trying to figure out our names and different things, I was like, I ain't gonna be called little E for my <laughs> so that's how it kind of evolved and like and working with like reek daddy and stuff like that's who really got who like came up with my name oldie for the music side and even mendo dope in general like it's very trippy how that whole thing came about with him you know from the weed side getting into the music and it's, it's a crazy story for sure. There's a bunch of stuff that happened along the way. Let's get into it, man. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's, what, yeah, go ahead. What, uh, what was going to high school like in Mendocino? Um, and tell people a little bit about Mendocino County for the listeners that don't know about yeah, it's like, what it's like up there. You know, there was like right in the high school days is when documentaries started coming out on, on the TV, like MSNBC would have things and they started showing like weed stuff about, about our county and stuff like that. It was the first time like people started seeing it on tv i feel like but before that like yeah it was like 60 percent of the people in certain neighborhoods you know there'd be neighborhoods that don't have plants all the time but there's a lot of plants just over the fence always coming at the end of the year october you see plants tipping over the fence all the time and it's the turp um, aroma in the whole valley it's like a turp fog you know that's yeah, it's like there's so much weed right out there after all the, the grape smell then it's straight to weed smell and it's like um we didn't realize you know at the growing up you know how how the county was at all and like how much money was from weed that kept the county alive and stuff like that you know not till we got you know, like seniors and right out of high school till we really realized like what county we're in and what's special about mendocino county and stuff like that and so your parents they're obviously in the mix so they understand what's going on the first time you guys start to have weed around, are they like, no, no, no. Or are they like, well, that's part of Mendo. And <laughs> uh, well, it was definitely a, it was a, it was a hard battle. Like uh, <laughs> when we were kids, like our, our dad passed away when, when I was nine, when, when he was 11. So like a short after that, like that's when, like we went through a rough patch of like going through like, you know, fighting with each other. Like we used to fight like crazy. We had the mm. battles centuries, like <laughs> would have never thought back in the day that we would end up clicking together on a musical thing and do this, like and him do beats, me do lyrics. But like after our dad passed, like we went through a rough patch, getting into trouble, doing all kinds of shit and gradually started like, and that was long after we had first tried like smoking, you know, with our cousin, but we started to gradually get into it, find more stuff and, and our friends that we were growing up with were smoking too. So we started realizing like cannabis is really, like helping us and it's nice so but we started as we started smoking more and bringing weed around like our mom was not cool with it for sure she was like we we're trying to be sneaky as hell bringing weed in or coming in so we'd have midnight lit. sessions too it's another thing we call a midnight session so she would stay up hella late and go to bed at like 11 o'clock or almost eleven thirty or something so we had to wait really late and to get in like 12 o'clock 12 30 she'll be asleep enough where we creep around the house we pretend like out. we fell asleep too like we'd be like all right <laughs> <let's> <laughs> Yeah, go in the bedroom still awake. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, go in the front yard and smoke we had like a tree fort and we had one tree in our front tree yard house, yeah. we had a little tree house thing or then once uh, we had a, a car like our step and once we had a stepdad we would hotbox his car in the driveway too for a long time <laughs> and not give a fuck because we didn't like him that much anyways damn bro you got a dab everywhere we go it's discreet it's portable nobody knows drdabber.com use the code get your excess now you think you would get in the car in the morning and be like what the fuck did he say anything or he just played it cool yeah I don't remember him ever saying anything I think he said something before but he was like he was kind of knew that he was on the edge of like 
trying to be cool with us and like not make us. He's like, I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. You it was like the worst part. part. <laughs> it was an old like uh, Caprice, like the box Chevy cop car thing. Oh, so yeah, cool. we even took it out. Those like, are big too. Even, yeah, it was like a, like a, not the big one though too. It was it a was four, a, four it was door, a, but it was like a tight little, little yeah. a little little than the bo- than the big ones. Okay. I don't know it what year the it bubble, was. The not bubble the bubble shit. ones, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it was sick. It was like a hot rod style too. It was old school. So. Uh-huh. It was sick. We do burnouts in the front yard sometimes, like steal it and drive around the front yard and <laughs> do a little, like, get, like rev it in, in uh, you know, neutral or whatever and drop it to drive. <laughs> <laughs> he got like the worst end. He's like, you don't you gotta, get to smoke the weed. You just get to smell it in your car that's been sitting stale. <laughs> like, yeah, Here yeah. you go, bud. Your car that's been tampered wheels are burned out. Yeah, smells yeah. like weed. He's yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, man, play it cool. Play it cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fucked up. Look, yeah. Man. So that was high school in Mendo. Yeah, right. That's where we're getting, yeah, mm-hmm. I was high school and then, you know every there's lots of people smoking weed as like sophomore junior year you know start to really parties and stuff and we're we, we turn into like the stoner crew you know like sophomore year probably where we had the stoner table and we had like the the preps and the football players and we're you know, it was cool because the stoner table was cool with everyone too even back in the day like we would fuck with people you know and tease people or our homies around us would mess with people throw mayonnaise packets on the ground pop them and Get people's clothes all mayonnaise and mustardy <laughs> or whatever like games people play back mm. in the day. We would just watch and laugh at all that stuff. But it was a uh, it was we were like stoners, you know, sophomores, junior year. We're known like at the school for sure, and we get caught with we started getting caught with weed at school. And um, you know, there's so much gardens too. Like Daniel didn't do it, and I don't even like to talk about it that much. But it's like it's now it's been so long. It's kind of a trippy time that's passed where it's like back in the day i used to raid gardens too because we needed weed and we were kids and we weed was everywhere so we started someone started doing it and then we all started getting a little circle where we would go hunt gardens out <laughs> these guys do let's tell you about <laughs> yeah i know and it's that's funny the first i've heard of that really dude yeah. was, everyone was that was a big thing getting back raided in the day. back in yeah. the day it makes kids sense and people were going crazy that was another thing like with uh sketchiness in high school and stuff is like when we because we we're just in weed mostly and there's people into every drug or whatever but weed was like our main thing still and there was all kinds of like sketchy times of people trying to raid and like people getting shot at or kid like kids mm-hmm. a lot. They they changed the laws like in our high school time. Like there's when weed went legal maybe for two fifteen when clubs started opening up and uh, like our homie was like seventeen and his mom got him a card or something. And we we're like sophomores or juniors, so he started going to the club mm-hmm. hella young, like before he was maybe before he was seventeen or somewhere around seventeen. <laughs> and uh, so he started going to the club and we started getting like really gamed up with the club stuff too um really crazy though but um around yeah, that's, that time that's wild like, to think we were that just, you're trying to guard your garden you see some people out there you might shoot at them and it's like dude that's fucking kids yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like they they changed the laws uh-huh. 218 oh. around that same time when dude. he was just getting his card they changed the fence laws where you could actually not get in trouble for raising your fence past six feet because it's like a an ordinance or whatever so that all of a sudden the, the sheriffs and stuff say no you can raise your feet now we're not going to get you in trouble for it you need to Hide your weed better. Yeah, you need There's to a keep lot of that crime, hidden. A lot of people well, on a weed. six foot fence with a ladder, you're good. Uh, Twelve foot fence, or, or let's say eight, eight and a half, way more, way tougher to get over the other side and to get yeah. back. Uh, and like for it the just view makes of the plants peeking over the fence. Yep. You know, yeah. So both ways, yeah. Because we would see them. You know, we would go down at midnight or one in the morning, two in the morning. We'd park somewhere, hike in with our shears and our tarp or whatever jump the fence creep through the back crazy creepy like it was scary you know you're gonna get shot we knew we were gonna could get shot at for sure but we would still do it too and then we bring weed to our mom's house to dry it on the roof one time we dried it on the roof and then we started drying it in the attic and then she caught us 
in the high school. Trying to, yeah, that was a funny story. It's like the whole house. So that was nice. when like the whole big problem with her with weed started really. We we were doing too hard, you know, and have too much. We started taking advantage of her busting us a little bit yeah. and not getting us in big trouble. Because there's numerous times <laughs> where she had come home like on on lunch break randomly or like come home early from work. And one time in particular was super funny, <laughs> super funny. I even put it in a song back in the day. Like we were all smoking in, in the back bedroom, which was like down the hallway in the house. It was the last bedroom. And we we're all smoking out, me, him, a couple other friends. And I bounce out to go grab some food out of the kitchen or something. And all of a sudden, boom, the front door opens. I'm like, oh shit. I look over. It's our mom walking through the door. I'm like, oh fuck. They're all in the back hot box and still session it up. So I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, hey mom, blah, blah, say whatever. And I'm like, try to start going down the hallway in front of her and creeping real quick. But she was already coming down the hallway and she's smelling it. And she's like, oh my God. So like, <laughs> I, there was no time for me to even warn him or tell him. <laughs> she comes in there pissed off, like, what the hell are you guys doing in here? You fucking, oh man. She would be so she, mad. And then like, it was right out of high school, probably she flipped and then got started getting cool with it. So, and that time when he yeah, brought weed It's a difference when you're having to be a parent. Yeah. And, and if you're under 18 doing what we were yeah, doing, if then I was, they like, can my get in kids, trouble. I'm tripping on that. If they're seventh grade smoking already, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, you try, you, you can get in stuff. trouble at that point. Yeah, you it's can like, get, you can have, gets, uh-huh. Because they don't yeah, want to get you taken away and shit, mm-hmm, which is, sure. I mean, that's a good parent, you know? Yeah, and she was a yeah. good parent. She didn't yeah. like the weed all that much, but slowly we never stopped. And she saw that we, it also chilled us out and that it was like, as we got really deep into weed, the people that were coming around more were, were really nice and everyone like were, were cool that she would meet, you know, she'd always meet cool people, especially years down the road. Now, now she meets all these really cool people yeah, and really cool stories and stuff. Well, she saw it was something different for you. Right. And that's when I think parents change when they realize, Oh, this isn't the stigma of these guys out there selling weed with a handgun and do it. Like she starts to see like, Oh, this is a spiritual thing. This is a, a pathway for their career. Like they really love this. They care about this. They carry themselves. Let's say you haven't gotten in trouble for a while either. They yeah. start to see yeah, like, exactly. okay, he's going to be all right. They're going to uh-huh. be all right. Yeah. Yep. Cause she'll say too, she didn't think we we're going to graduate high school. She didn't think we we're going to do lots of stuff. You know, she was worried, very worried for a while. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of the talks about like, as long as it doesn't go to heavy drugs, you're, you're, you're pretty much good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really when mm. the weed leads to all this other shit yeah. and then start dealing with thieves and liars and yeah. it gets fucked up quick. Yeah, yeah. it does. We sure. all have felt that and seen that firsthand. And I think that's why a lot of parents fear weed because they're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, like, that much like closer to like it's waiting yeah. to it because yeah. it opens your mind to everything. It's a gateway to the world in general. It's going to be a gateway yeah. to see things and open. Like you'll realize it definitely other sparks people are curiosity doing that yeah, yeah. if you're not careful you could might try the wrong shit and it's like if you try the wrong shit and like it you're fucked and if you but if you never try it and you what are you gonna you got nothing to worry about but you don't know that as a kid yeah, you don't no, know to yeah, like uh-huh. reserve and uh-huh. be like hey and some people know. just have real addictive personalities where yes. they do that one time yeah. they're screwed and for me i can cold turkey things fast so when we would do different drugs back in the day i never had a problem mm-hmm. just recreationally doing them yeah, that's the issue. Some people can turn it on and off, and some people just turn it on and that light switches yeah, off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've seen so many people, friends of ours from back oh. in the day, that just went down the wrong hole and just like got. And like, lucky for me, like, as being younger, hanging out with these guys, like, I'd see them getting all kind of shit and do all kind of different drugs and things. I never got into that shit. Only a couple things that I would dabble in here and there, but I never got into, you know, cocaine, no, none of that. I took mushrooms a few times, never did much anything besides that. Drinking a while back in the day, we used to drink a bit. Which like we, I'm glad that we strayed away from that because our dad was an alcoholic and that's how he ended up passing away. So like that was a big thing for us was to try to stay away from alcohol and like, 
And I used to take like ADHD pills when I was a kid to my mom, you know, trying to, you know, fall into the system of, you know, this is what you should do to calm them down or whatever. And gradually, like, as we got into weed, like, I really noticed that shit changing of like, I did not want this shit no more. Like, this is not helping me do anything. It's not helping. I can't eat on it. You know, it's fucking up my sleep doing this and that. So like gradually, as we started doing more all the time having weed and our mom busting us repeatedly and then him bringing home rated weed and filling the house and she tripping out yeah then that was like she, the most weed that ever, was like the know? breaking like, point of like I, she i remember she was so pissed she's bringing bags down from the attic and she's like there's too much here to flush what am i yeah, supposed that's what to she do said. that was the i time. can't put this in the yard waste bin there's and all too much to flush <laughs> <laughs> And then, and I kept putting rid of the evidence. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's not even mine. I yeah. gotta get it to the dude. I'm just drying it for someone. Like, you're gonna fuck me. I'm gonna be in trouble yeah, if I don't get it. So, of like, somehow after hours, get it back and bring it down the street to the homie's house who was with the raid with us. So he had his own portion at his house drying. <laughs> so I talked to him, you know, drying our stuff there too. It was crazy. But that was because yeah. it goes from hot boxing and smoking to like there's a couple pounds in the yeah, attic. Now there's like fresh <laughs> yeah. dry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely like turning it up. Yeah, yeah, that was like then we would sell a lot of weed too, you know, like everyone also. We started getting into weed, then we would buy an ounce and then I'd sell seven eighths to keep my eighth, and then we'd do that over and maybe stack, you know, more eights over time and to pounds and whatever. So that was like we a lot of people come to the house also as we started getting into weed and buying eights all day long or ten sacks. I would say, you know, I'd drive around my little car, drive around through our town's small. You, know, you can get to everywhere in like 15 minutes. So boom, <laughs> boom, most, every, yeah. I had like, you know, a bunch of people that needed weed at that time. So mm -hmm. I was always cruising around, dropping weed off. Yeah, and our, mom started really, the house. our mom started noticing a lot of people come over real quick, just yeah, like too fast. bounce out of the front real quick, say what's up. We live right in the middle out. of town. So people come by unannounced too. And it's like after over time, when we moved out to the mountains more, it was so nice because our house was like where everyone just knew where it was. And they, they just come randomly by stopped by. Oh, I just stopped by now. Or we moved out one year and we went to the mountains and it was like, boom, no one ever came by running out. <laughs> again. It's so different when you're like far in sticks. You got to make sure we're home. And we're liking that out of town like style. So we are in the mountains our whole life, you know, from like looking at it or whatever, but we don't live in the mountains. We're still in the city our whole, like growing up. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't until we get like growing nowadays, we're in the real mountains and like when we moved out of our house to. And how's it up yeah. the hill? Yeah. yeah. And we went out, yeah, the outskirts exactly, of town. Because yeah. we wanted a house that we can grow at too. So like, okay, where can we rent that's yep. outskirts of town? Yeah. And gradually yeah. as our mom got, you know, we got her to be more chill and accepting about us smoking. One of the times like we were smoking in the backyard and that's like our first plant that we grew we found a seed and a bud and we put it in a little flower pot that was hanging up in the top back spot of our mom's in the mom's backyard and it popped up and it started growing this little plant and and she ended up finding it or or we showed it to her and she let us keep it and she was like, i guess you guys can grow it or whatever and that was our first plant that we grew right in the backyard at her house and then the next year we got to grow a couple more in the back a couple more that she let us slide and then the next year she let us take over some of the vegetable garden. And then it's like, we started figuring stuff out. And then it was like, holy shit. We just grew plants over our mom's fence and we're right in town surrounded in other houses who <laughs> take it over half her vegetable garden. So that alone, she was like, Jesus Christ guys. It was, yeah. She started getting into it and realizing like the plant itself was cool too. Cause it was just so grew so fast. And like her, we always, we've been growing, you know, vegetables with our grandpa forever too. So that's also why we love growing. We, we picked it up and wanted to do it because we always already were growing other things. And tomatoes were fun because you can grow them huge. We'd grow like 12 foot tall tomatoes and triple cage uh -huh, them skinny yeah. or make them really wide or whatever. We started doing that. So when we grew the weed, it like boosted past the tomatoes. And she's like, damn, this is impressive. Like these plants are super savage. And then right at that time too, it was like probably right out of high school. Like right when we graduated, then we started being able to 
to grow at our mom's house before we got our house. And our grandpa started growing because our uncle that was into weed talked him into growing and getting his, uh, an indoor room built at his house. It's like, well, all those MSNBC things going on in like sophomore year and freshman year, maybe even it was like early on, he would watch us with us. We go to his house on Sundays for dinners and we watched, we'd watch those things a lot. They would somehow always be on at that time. And it was an hour long uh, documentary about weed and Emerald Triangle. And it, he started seeing it. Our uncle's kind of nagging at him and he was an engine builder for like race car engines and stuff in town and mm. all kinds of engines, but you socialize in like race car engines for people. And so people that have that kind of money in our town, you know, or the weed people. Yeah, so he's been cool with yeah. weed people his yeah. whole life, but he's never fucked with weed. And uh, he's like, good business though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah keep growing. And as I'll he got older and our uncle's talking to him, he's like, God, I guess I should. Everyone else is ma- doing all this cool shit with all this money they're making. Mm-hmm. So he talked about doing a lot of room and he built a four light room. So like, you know, a little bit out of high school, he had a little indoor light room, you know, his little room going. And then we were starting to grow those a little bit bigger garden at our mom's house. And then we moved out. And he kept growing. He was growing indoor for a while. Yeah. He was, first pounds of indoor he was getting, he was selling for 48. So it was like right at that time, like 2006 or 2007, maybe. You remember what trains it back like, then? Yeah. Like um, he had uh, uh, Platinum Kush and Purple Kush. Yep. Purple and Kush. Um, uh, we, we were starting to get stuff from clubs after a couple of years. He was growing too. We had like bubble gum and cheese. Like the cheese was one that we sucked into growing indoor, but we were starting to get hooked on cheese <laughs> after a little bit growing outdoor. Like the cheese flavor was so fire. And everyone at SAC, like we go to SAC. I see you guys talking about SAC. Someone was talking about it the other day how SAC's the hardest market. And it, SAC was always hard. Once we were in Mendo and we doing good with weed and we go to SAC and they're so picky. And we're like, geez, you guys are so fucking picky. <laughs> and they fucking yeah. hated the cheese and we loved it at the time because mm-hmm. it's so stupid looking, but it was so tasty. So, yeah, uh, so different. Cheese yeah. was one we were doing in his uh-huh. room for a little bit, trying to grow it right. A lot of spider mites in his room. We we're using all the poisons, you know. Avid and uh, Eagle Twenty and all the stuff. The too. figuring it out process. Yeah, and yeah no one the knows. beginning days. Like I think this is what we should do. Maybe. It's crazy. Homie that worked at a grocery store. He'd sell us a trifecta. He called it. That was Eagle Twenty. Oh the other God. shit and something else. I don't know what the third one was mixed together. And we mix all those together. <laughs> yeah, mask. Yeah. And uh, we 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 barely spray with no mask. You know, we barely do this most of the time when we're growing these first couple of years. It's crazy to look back on that. Yeah. Uh-huh. That Didn't was, grow a third year or something, you know? It's yeah. like, holy And shit. indoor too, you know, outdoor was, we just started getting it. Outdoor, we didn't really even have bug problems. Always when we first started growing, indoor was the only time there was ever spider mites. There's no bugs outside at all. Caterpillars, maybe. Yeah. It's usually when someone hands them to you. Here, man, mm-hmm. here's some spider mites on a plant. Yep. Yeah. You know, that you think is not. Because we would grow from seed for a long time. We rarely get clones, really. Like we had a homie that introduced us to Subcool. Um, he was getting TJ seeds from the beginning, like a long time ago, like when we first grow on the, like the second year we grew at our mom's before we grew over the tomato patch spot. So then that, when we did the tomato patch spot, those were TJ seeds from yeah. Subcool and Dairy Queen. That, ever uh, since then, we've been doing seeds for a long, long time. Man, I'm sick of spending so much time going to the store, having to make all these runs and load all this shit up. Yo, what are you doing here? hash making day i'm always at grow generation if you don't want to have to always go into the store it's super easy they deliver 60 plus stores nationwide delivery right to your doorstep and discreet 
GrowGeneration.com. Use the code, tell them the family sent you, and get hooked up. A Dairy Queen's from the first drop. Yeah, yeah that's like yeah, a, the original Dairy the Queen. Chernobyl. The Chernobyl. The Chernobyl yeah, yeah, he had all Space the Quirkle. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He was like one of the dimension f- and- first guys that was doing like before that it was like Dutch genetics, Dutch genetics. And then there was a little bit of trickling in Canada, but he was like one of the first ones where you're seeing pictures and you're like, holy shit, this shit's purple and orange and pink yeah. and green. Yeah. A lot of the Dutch stuff wasn't, it was mostly green. You might get like a, a purple or something, but it's purple. Or red. This was like rainbow. Some yeah, of the shit like, he's whoa, doing and then yeah. frosted out and his packs were like new yeah, age yeah, packs. Yeah. Like he had a wave that I remember even like they were like coveted in, you know, early days. We were like, look at this Quirkle. Yeah. Oh, and that's in the, uh-huh. the names yeah. Quirkle. Yeah. You know, like he was, name. he, it started to change. A, he put his skew on it. Yeah. The jelly bean and stuff like jelly that. Bean. Like, yeah, yeah, the candy that, yeah. in the beginning, beginnings. Yeah. Tiny, yeah. tiny bomb. Um, Oh, so man. we were growing that stuff, you know, early on after the first, like second or third year of growing, we were, that's what we were growing was TGA stuff. And then for a long time, just seed, seed. So that was probably partly why we didn't have bugs, I guess, as much in the beginning. I feel like there, there wasn't even as much bugs also in the beginning and they slowly just exploded over everyone growing and sharing all the city. Yeah, I remember plants. the problems that we were having back when we were doing our first little <clears throat> indoor huts of start first growing our first plants. We would, that's when we were getting clones from like the club. And we'd get some, oh, this one looks like it should be nice. And of course, you know, that was when everything was like, what the fuck is this? This is not what we wanted. <laughs> we, so we'd always have random different shit. And we'd have like six little plants and like all different ones and looking at this and that. And then that's when we started yeah. our homie who found sub on like forums and stuff. Our, our good friend who passed away a few years ago. Um, he's the one who was like on there like hunting shit down. Like, dude, you guys got to check out this dude named Subcool. He's got these crazy strains. I'm going to try them out. And he got some and tried them at his house. Like he was one of the first of our, like in our circle of homies who like had a grow at his like house. Like a big garden. Yeah. Not like we could someone go to trim for, but a homie that was growing yeah, like a real garden. Yeah. Through like those early days and like beginning of high school, we were going and working. That was when we started like trimming. We got into the trim scene. That's when we really dove into like the getting into weed a lot was going to these big farms and we'd walk in through these patches like, holy shit. And at the time they were tripping on me. I couldn't even trim at some of the spots because they thought I was so fucking young because I was so short. I'd be walking there like, we can't have him here at the farm trimming with us. I'm like, I'm fucking a good trimmer though. <laughs> yeah, I hated it too. Like, He's a child. A day or two, yeah. like one of the homies that, it was like a homie that we knew, knew the dude that, that worked for the dude, you know? So then the homie brought us in. The guy that was the middle dude, he was happy, you know? Oh yeah, you guys are cool. You fucking, he was there for a day or two trimming, killing it, you know? And then the, the top dude said, no, no, we can't have this kid here. This is a <laughs> kid. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, yeah. after that dude that was working for the guy got his own spot, he brought Daniel back again. Yeah. And then we started working. That's who we worked for for years, was trimming. And that's how we made a lot of our starts of our life. And they starting to meet, like, get money for music mm-hmm. or even just do things in general. We didn't have that much jobs. We just, once we started diving into the weed. Yeah, we had small jobs here. We'd do this, landscape and work at this grocery store for a little bit jump over here but it was always like every time especially every time the season came around it was like fuck this job it's fucking i'm to the trim room like <laughs> make way more money over here than doing this stupid ass job and was it mostly just focusing on trimming or were you like also working or like hey we need to pull these leaves no. was there, there was none uh, of that yet no it was, no, just, it was trimming. just trimming there was mm-hmm. one spot early on we trimmed wet um like where they'd bring branches and we'd pluck the leaves off wet style upside down and uh, do that style. And then they machine trim it like on the old school, like the lawn, the upside down, like lawnmower style, big cage that they just roll it on. Yeah. Yeah. So this is literally ground up. 
you guys started with literally just smoking weed and then now to see because if anyone's i mean you got to see the videos it's insane yeah it's bro you guys have a sick setup thank you yeah sure yeah it's it's like we really don't like soon as we got it started to see these things and get into trimming and seeing these gardens like we started like you know fell in love with it It was like damn this is so fucking cool like how these guys got these huge plants out from this little seed and like they're so this one smells so good and we loved we started getting into really enjoying smoking more and finding out flavors and hunting down good weed you know not just like being satisfied with whatever we're like all right let's start finding the good shit and from there, like, we just, yeah, really started diving into it. Once we met, you know, Subcool at one of the events, I think it was like 2010 at one of the High Times Cannabis Cups. We went down there with our buddy who introduced us to Sub's Genetics. And we got to meet him in person and go to the booth and, and say stuff to him and get seeds right from him. And then we just started going full throttle, like, science of dank style. We're like, Sub's <laughs> whole thing, the art of cannabis. We're like, this uh-huh. is so fucking sick, dude. And we were smoking that weed, growing it. And that's what turned into us being like, man, we should make a, a song like for sub, like rep all these strains or do something where we talk about all this stuff that he has. And then we gave it to him at the next uh, cup that we saw him. And that's what sparked our whole friendship of like, he's played some music on, on the weed nerd and we we're fucking blown away at home. Like, I can't believe he's playing our music. Holy shit. He listened to it. Like, and he was vibing on it and we went to see him the next time and it was on. He was so, he's like, Mendo dope. Oh, come on in. Come hang out, smoke out. And boom, it just formed this whole fucking posse and being connected with the whole, that weed nerd crew. And we started to learn so much. And like, and that was, you know, years before we even thought about breeding, but we were sitting there watching such a dope, legendary breeder work his magic for years before all so much stuff started to change, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's famous for his strains, but also crazy famous for that setup where it's an indoor pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they grew from the bottom of the deep end of the pool up so it was flat. And he was just showing you, like, look what you can do to still be undercover. And I'm talking, like, massive plant where it was still flat. You couldn't see over the pool, but it's growing and everything's in the p- trippy stuff, right? Where he pushes the envelope and <laughs> yeah, people are and like, he was like, oh, that's trippy. Like, what? He was also, like, at the time, the first one, I feel like, that to maximize rooms and, and soil. Like, he'd do big 15, 20-gallon pots, soil, super soil. You know, he was the first one to do, like, real homemade super soil, like, and teach people, I think, and, like, really promote it. Because people were for sure doing it, but he was like doing it and really trying to teach people and show people the way. And he had like big ass plants indoors. You know, he'd do like like half pound, three quarter pound plants and get like two over two pounds of light a lot of times. And he, did, he had his room full. Like he just did it different. Everyone had like really clean rooms with the tables and walkways everywhere. And he had no walkway. You had to move plants over to get in the middle of different places and just slam them in there all organic. And it was super cool to see. And then like with hash, he was like one of the first people that was working like with Matt rise was one of the first dudes making, I think like hash that was like full male blonde, blonde hash. That was really full male hash that I ever saw. And that was from sub was getting it from him. And sub was like the first one to go like all organic solvent lists that like that we saw like really promote it and really just take like the weed to the next level and really open up our mind also of like clean weed and like it's cooler that it's clean, you know, not just following the advanced nutrients stuff that we would do previous years, whatever's at the growth store, you know? And and him just like filming his shows, you know, the weed nerd show, like going into the indoor room and showing what was happening and getting to really look at the strains that he was making and like, boom, this is the latest one. I'm seeing this one now. And like that sparked our, like once we first started meeting him and he came out to our garden and filmed a little bit. And like, that was the, the year that we got raided like that, that season 2013, like that's when we were like, man, we want to 
we wanted to start doing videos too, like show the outdoor side of it and start showing people like how to grow trees, like how we're growing them out here. And like, that's like subs whole weed nerd videos. And that sparked our, you know, uh, you know, our idea of wanting to take the, how to grow thing outside. And that's when we first dove into, it, especially when they told us after we got raided that we couldn't grow as much as we were. And they were being super fucking strict dicks to us. We we're like, man, let's just grow a small amount and blast it to the world then. And just show everybody what we're doing and how exactly how we're doing it. Teaching. And he was like, he put his face on a lot of stuff earlier. Yeah. People were like, fuck that. Yeah, that's a yeah. thing. And he you're was, like, oh, yeah, his face. You, see, you know exactly. And he has a yeah. distinct look, too. Yeah, so he was a you're character. like, yeah, you can see him from a mile away. He was away. one of the like, ones in the beginning ballsy. that was hella uh -huh. proud. And then at Cups, like that first cup, like 2010 San Francisco High Times Cup or something, it was one of the very first ones, I think. And that we ever went to for sure. It was really early on. And he had his booth selling seeds. No one was selling seeds. Cali Connection was hella scared to sell seeds. All the companies, he was for sure the first one to sell seeds at, at a cannabis cup. Like, yeah, no one was ballsy dude. like that. Ballsy. And to be online Teaching. telling people he's a oh. weed dude. And, and he got busted with weed in like Kentucky and he had Georgia state to state in Georgia. Or something. Was, yeah. So he had like super legal states, then moved to Oregon, then ended up moving to Cali where he was only an hour away from us. So once we met him, it was like, oh shit, he's only an hour away now. And was, we already knew about him in, in between the time when he moved closer to us. So it was like, we met him right kind of when he moved closer to us. It was true. So you guys true. happen to the garden and you go from this high of like, now I'm working with a breeder. Give us the rundown on the raid. How'd that go down? Oh man, it was just fucking, just, you know. The raid was like, we'll start with, we were growing our mom's house, those three gardens. Then we got a different house where we grew for two years, I think. Mm -hmm. First year sucked real bad. We were using uh, really cold water from the creek and we didn't, I think that was the main problem. And we had, no, we had no light. We were in like a one little very, pocket of forest. Very foresty. Um, two years there. Then we got this house where we got raided. We did one successful year and every year, you know, get bigger and bigger. So then... The first year we grew at that house, we got raided. We probably had like a hundred something pounds, maybe like way more than we've ever had by far. And then when we got raided, it was, it would probably have been like two or 300 pounds, maybe probably 200 or something. Um, so that was like our f finally getting to this point where we had a real garden, you know, and there's homies that have been growing big gardens for days and we're trickling around and uh, doing way smaller stuff than everyone else around us, you know, and then we finally got a spot where we grew it bigger. We figured it out, did really good. The next year we finally did. The real shit. Mm -hmm. 25 plants that we had in the backyard. We just, and they were all in pots. Like that was the first year where we stepped up and did like 400 gallon pots. We had a couple 400, couple 400 gallon, gallon pots, pots and the rest oh. were in 200 gallon pots. Yeah. Cause people say, oh, that's a low plant count. But when you see exactly what, you know, cause now you yeah. see you're here uh -huh. thousands. Uh -huh. Those 25. You said uh -huh. plants. What would that have yielded roughly? It's like two hundred some pounds. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So people know. Uh -huh. So yeah, sure, that's yeah. a twenty-five plant garden. Yeah, that we we always stick to the limits still because we tried to follow the rules. You know, <laughs> and, and we wanted to not. We could have like teamed up with someone and grew in the mountains maybe and done some other stuff like some of these bigger gardens we're trimming for too or whatever. But we we wanted to do our own thing kind of and and it was like we wanted we didn't have a garden we. Just, there's no reason to go huge. We didn't have a property to grow huge also. So mm -hmm. we're trying to do legal. We had our card. We could have put we a thought, few more plants if we wanted to, but we're like, let's keep it at 25. I mean, you know, yeah. And the that's way you guys are doing is. it, that's still a bit, that's a lot of work. That's a full commitment. Yeah. 400 gallon pots. Like, here yeah, we go. it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially like our first years doing that too. Yeah. Now it's kind of like butter, you know, it's fucking, we got to figure <laughs> out. But <laughs> that was crazy at the time. Yes. It was from a full-time job to a part-time job. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we had the, the garden was fucking nice. It was, it was a really killer year. It was popping. We just started harvesting and we had like a couple plants hanging up in the garage. And then like one other plant that was dry that we we're start that morning. We woke up and we we're checking stuff out and we we're getting ready to harvest. Like half of the garden was like this one strain. It was a vanilla kush. 
that we liked running a lot and Frenchie Cannoli actually that was one that he was like oh la la he was fucking trip on it every time loved it wanted to make a like we made hash with them numerous times of it so this time we're like this is going to be so cool because we have a big batch we're going to be able to do so much shit and uh we're breaking down weed in the kitchen that morning and all of a sudden our dog starts going crazy and we look up and we through the window of the house there's these window panels and we just see the squad of a line of cops coming down and uh, the doors into the back is open our dog's barking and instantly starts to run so we're like oh fuck we gotta go try to grab them run out the window real quick, go around the corner to grab them. And there's the squad, all the fucking like, however many deep they were. And all just a whole, they're like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Blah, blah. So the dog came running around the corner. So stayed like at the front door, they look over dogs running at him. And then we're running towards the dog to stop him. Cause we were like, he's going to, sh- they're going to shoot the dog for sure. We thought for sure. Cause the they, dog, yeah. we've heard hell stories where they've shot dogs, you know? So we're like, Oh shit, this is bad. And you're going to try to save the dog real quick. And then we're out talking to the cop now. Now we're not in the house hiding from him no more. So we came right out to him. That was a problem right there. And and of course, right, (laughs) we're like, they're trying to knock on the front door. The dog ran around the back to him and where we ran around to grab him. So they all of a sudden merged, come to our way, which as soon as you walk around the corner, it was a perfect view where the, the, like the cement would go and it dropped down and there was the garden. And it was like an overhead view, like so cool a nice looking. hill to the sea <laughs> like of green. From that view, you look over and be like, holy shit. It looks like way more than 25. Yeah. You know, that point. And so they're just like, oh, like they just found the jackpot. They fucking like, oh yeah, we got a call. And they start talking about, um, uh, what, what do you have here? And we show us 25 plants where you got legal. We got a card and are you guys, they pull us side by side, like separately, start asking us questions and stuff. Uh, you work with clubs. Do you sell to clubs or something like that? And I think well, I probably said something stupid and said something about, yeah, or something about this is for the patients, you know, we sell to clubs or this is for clubs or something. Oh, uh, such, you know, that was a problem saying that we were selling it in a way or he put it in our mouth, however I worded it. Student to talk at all. That was a, that was the final year too. So a good like, lesson is just don't no, say anything at all. No, don't more. Yeah. no matter what no question. Because that cop don't nothing. make the rules anyways. He's just yeah. he's not the one to talk to. There's goes no reason to, to talk goes to. Goes to the prosecutor and the judge is what they're <laughs> yeah, looking you at. Tell him your case, everything yeah. you say gets written up in a report. Yeah, and, and then used bad. against you. All, exactly. So you're just that, like, yeah, hey, yeah. no disrespect, but I'm gonna have to talk to my lawyer about because I'm confused right now. Yeah, just be like, I know you guys are doing your job, but that's all I can say. But yeah, there's no reason to talk. And then you got a chance to do something in court yeah a bigger because your lawyer can be like well let's figure out you know what's your real story and then you can think about it Uh yeah 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 how many things can i find find out which lawyer knows the judge well get that lawyer yeah and our town's crazy with all the shit going on the da's there's like cops that are in indictment federal indictments for stealing weed you know so many of these gardens were raided they steal money too money and a little bit of weed took and they probably take a lot of weed too but money a lot you know is their main they get you up there with some some, they don't report some paper shit, you know and I when mean, they, they they even took like you know stuff that we had on the side like different like a tote of like pounds that were already pounded up actually and we're like we knew they were going to find them in that house we're like fuck i wish in the pantry just wish, wish <laughs> we didn't have those in there and we we're like maybe they didn't find the scale though and they found the scale but they didn't even take it it was funny if you're not happy with your current nutrient company or you're not happy with how your products or flour is coming out try drip hydro all you got to do is go to fsotd.com get the discount code and driphydro.com or grow generation stores nationwide online or in store we get you hooked up you got to try drip hydro everybody's switching to drip and whether you want to come in store or you need a drop straight to your facility grow generation can help you out there tell them the first smoke family sent you and get on drip hydro now um but 
Uh, what was I going to say? So like, where's the money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say they took those uh-huh. things. And then luckily at the time, we didn't have much money, but we did have a little bit of money, which happened to be, it was actually music money. Yeah, it was at actually the time. Like $1,100. This was like before we even oh. like got serious in like the music side of making it a business really and being taken it serious because we were doing, we started getting so much into the weed side and doing our music where we just were kind of just like rocking outlaw style and doing our thing. Like at that house where we got raided that year, we had the studio up in the... And the top attic, like second story of the house. So you're really up high looking over the garden from like when you, there's a little window in the booth where we had the booth and we were making all the songs for planters of the trees, um, that year at that house mm-hmm. for the first planters of the tree CD. So like when they raided us, it was like, man, dude, this whole, it was such a crazy situation in the year like that. So they, they took that money real quick. Cause we didn't, obviously we didn't have nothing to be like, Oh, they fight it and be like, no, that's actually, you know, legit money. That's not, you can't take that money. But we didn't have shit at the time. What do they come in with shears and just start hacking plants down? No, or? so no. like they come in, they harass us. <laughs> then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're cutting the garden. Yeah. And they, we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? We just said it's legal. And da, 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 da. Right, no, you nope, get, it's not legal no more. You can't you guys sell me. This is too much. You guys are over the limit. You have to, uh-huh. the amount that's out here is more than you're allowed to have. And we're like, well, like, okay, well, if we can only have six plants, then... Uh, you, I guess you can cut down the other ones yeah, or whatever's going six? on. And like, uh-huh. no, fuck no. Like, it's just, it's like fucking uh, abalone diving. You get caught with more abalones than you're supposed to have. They take everything. You get fined. This is, he's like, you're now taking the whole garden. Over, and we're like, it's 25. So then we started getting mad a little bit and kind of arguing a little bit. And then they handcuffed us to the wheelbarrow. And that's when they sat us down. Yeah. <laughs> and they handcuffed him like this. We're just we're sitting right here next to the wheelbarrow in between it. Just, <laughs> Sitting there and like, and then we were just like, and that's when that's they when brought we just, we just the, sat there and set the, the fuck up. chipper like, down and the fucking yeah, they backed a wood chipper <laughs> down the back. There's a little driveway that you could get back into the other side of the garden. So they went down there and their squad of people just literally went down there ripping cages I don't off. They shears at all, just, pulling, just pulling shit. And it was like champ and style where we figured out how to grow real trees. You know, with the 200 gallon pots, we had triple cages. On they were some secure. Of them. Green tape city. Like they were fucking trellis. locked in. You know, um, so it was a pain in the ass for it. It took days, and we're sitting on the wheelbarrow. We just over had an sit. hour, two hours just sitting. It took the, days for them to like, break all that down. It was at least two or three hours. Two or three hours. I mean? yeah. yeah, we were sitting there for days. It felt like just sitting there handcuffed while they're walking around. One guy's looking at us, talking to us. I had my phone for a little bit and then he saw me trying to record, took my phone and we're just like so pissed just sitting there like what is going on and just listening to it like boom, throw another branch, brrr, chip it. And they just boom, walk chip, by chip, popping chip. little shots <laughs> here and there each of them. Oh yeah, you yeah, guys, ha- shit you guys shouldn't have been doing this, huh? You should go get a real job and like bragging like, oh, I, I make this much at this job and I get this much health benefits and like all this yeah, kind of shit. And we're like, dude, you guys look like it's not fuck, working dude. for you anymore or just not like, work for you or something. Like, you know, talking so much shit. Yeah, so much shit. <laughs> and we're so, man, it was so funny. It was, and it was, before that, you know, we had never gone through anything like that. And besides getting busted with some weed and getting tickets and this and that getting pulled over with weed but this was the first interaction of like seeing the squad come up cuff us take the whole garden lose everything so from that point like we had to move back to our mom's house for a little bit because we had like everything invested into this one we're like man let's go hard let's put it all into this this is we had things lined up where this was gonna go here this was gonna do this and you can't go back to the house and stay there now because it's like i mean yeah it was like we stayed for a couple months like the last couple months i think it was too like that was like 3500 a month and that was 2006 or some shit we already had uh, one like the last month paid for whatever it was and we're just like we'll just ride this last month and figure out what the fuck we're about to do yes there's no way we're gonna grow here again and then after we got raided and we 
put it online the rate we made the song like the next day after we got raided we went up in the studio and made the song the raid and it's just like talking about the day of the raid and it's a hard ass beat like it's the old you know old song it's a trippy listen to our old stuff compared to like you know as you evolve but it's a hard ass beat and daniel just goes super hard and it was like our most viral thing by far we did you know sub was starting to talk about us we started getting more fans online and then uh then we got and then they saw our garden at subs throughout the year and then boom we're rated this first year they're subs showing us online so and, this is and, before you put anything on youtube at this point it's still just, just music uh, exactly. and growing yeah, yeah. subs only one and anyone's ever really. seen our garden only from sub videos he came up three or four times that year we we had like an old tiny little camera that we had back in the day we take like a few pictures that we have like but at the time we weren't really documenting much stuff yeah throughout our beginning personal, things uh, you know we we're just just doing it and like as like sub would come up and like tc he's another photographer that used to roll with sub he was taking pictures out in the garden and that was also like i want to start taking pictures of our stuff too like it'd be cool to start getting shots of these because they do look so good and they're like out there drooling you know like it was before phones too you know we didn't have a we had the flip phone and we didn't have iphones right away you know we were we didn't have we didn't like them in a way also. So like I only got, we started getting iPhones because I got a girlfriend that liked iPhones and she got me in to get an iPhone. <laughs> and then we had a camera on the phone all the time. Before we have camera or it's really, really blurry. Janky so, style, you know. Well, the OGs will tell you, don't take pictures of that. Exactly. Don't film yeah. that. Your phone, all the sketchy, guys I knew, uh-huh. they'd then take the memory card out and then hide that. And they'd be like, even sketch to have that around. <laughs> exactly, I remember because yeah. I wish we had, because my buddy used to film everything. And my other buddy who was like an OG was like, you're going to go to jail and they're going to pull all that up <laughs> yeah. and they're going to be Even like someone was talking three about houses, four houses, five houses, you know, and he's like versus they'll all tell you, don't do that. Don't uh-huh. film shit. Like for uh, getting them printed, you know, at Walmart, someone was talking about that recently oh, I saw and it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> you couldn't do that. Yeah. We had the disposable camera sometimes, but one time maybe we got them printed, you know, and there was only a couple of weed pictures in the role and we were super worried about it. My um, one buddy wouldn't even let you look at them on uh, your computer. He would have to, you have to look at him in the camera because he'd be like, once you upload it, who knows who can access this? And so we're like looking at through a camera at old grow photos. He's zooming in. It's like on a screen this big, uh you know? And that was 2013, I think it's it's when we started doing Instagram too. I don't know if Instagram was how long it was out, but I don't think there was many people doing weed at 2013 on Instagram. And that's when sub goes getting us so juiced and something about Facebook going to shit. We switched to Instagram because everyone was switching Instagram at that time. And then we started, first thing we were doing was posting weed on Instagram. And you were, you picture. already had labeled yourself the Mendo Dope Boys. Yeah. Yeah. The music. Cause, Cause we're doing music, music so tough yeah. for those years before that already. So we're already deep in music since 2000, you know, six or seven. And then we started growing real weed in 2013 when we got raided and then growing bigger gardens and stuff. Yeah. How'd you learn beats? Um, just from like, loop programs in the beginning of just putting loops together and then like seeing how that worked and then reek daddy would make beats too so i'd watch him on his keyboard make like very simple beats and stuff but i'd learned that and then we started going to a studio where we met mr blab and he would be in there engineering making beats so i started looking at his beats and he would make very intricate beat crazy beats with so many tracks that he'll we watch him make a beat and it'll be like it'll get to a certain sound and then he'll add another sound and oh god the beat changed and then it's really cool and then he adds another sound you're like oh this beat's kind of changed again it's like he adds another one and then he'll break it down at the end and it's like very complex shit so i started getting more complex i guess like just seeing how people would do that how you could layer beats and stuff and then just learning like to do the keyboard style of making beats i just learned myself and i took one piano class like an introduction to piano one year with my girlfriend too because she wanted to do it and i was like yeah i want to do it i need to do it i should be doing it every year but it's like i feel like i don't have time you know mm-hmm. and 
So just myself, mostly just talk myself. You guys collab with Burner yet on a song? No. No, oh, that's got to uh-huh. happen. I mean, come on. We've, We've talked about it for days. It's weird with Burner. It's still like the opposite of us too. And it's like, like to do a song with him and we want to do a, we want to do a specific song almost talking about a specific concept. Um, it's about funny. that almost, you know what I mean? Cause, it's, cause it's really funny, you know, cause there's a, there's a division amongst the culture of like how different things, how people do things for one side of it and another side where like our fan base is like split on like, if we did a song with burner, if they would be too happy, a lot of people, about oh, if you oh, fuck, never listen to you, yeah, you're <laughs> the weed crowd is very divided. We're so, like, uh-huh, yeah. Underground weed legacy style and burner's legacy too. And you know, but he has the seller style, not the grower style. And there's so it's like such a difference to what, the big crowds of people are, it's like, it's like a half and half thing almost. And it's, he gets so much hate now in general, cause he's so big too. And we totally understand that you're going to, the bigger you get, the more hate you get too. Yep. So there's a lot of hate that he gets from that too. And just people not liking his weed and stuff. But like our fans are the growers that grow good weed and are care about the soul, the people and are like trying to heal the planet. And Bernard's been doing more of that. But in the beginning, I feel like he was all about money and Coke so much that we all didn't like him at all for for making money on coke and then switching to the weed game putting that coke money in how everyone does it you know but not real weed people that grow weed from the beginning that are like in the mountains like us old people that we grew up learning from and that we see like growing like with nature not indoor and like promoting like medicine and stuff who were some of the ogs around you guys coming up anybody that's um, no one big all yeah. of them were underground people that never wanted to be big yeah <laughs> yeah uh-huh. that sounds about right except for sub you know once we met sub it was cool because it was the opposite of everyone else wanting to hide and we were doing music and we're trying to blow up in music too so like subs got a big following we love weed hella he loves weed hella and it's like he's not scared to, to be blasting weed and talking about weed like that and um it's like we always meet it's weird like with him it's like a random older dude like a I think about it sometimes like we lost our dad so long ago, you know, and we've met these people through our life that are almost father figures in a way, you know, and sub was kind of like that trippy. Like, so it was really crazy how like he inspired us a lot and like what we learned from him and like under his wing for a while, seeing how he promoted, seeing what he did. Reek daddy would like, we started with music, but he wasn't good pr- at promotion. And he was like, also <laughs> the worst almost at promotion because sometimes he talks <laughs> shit to everyone he'd be online talking hella shit to his fans dude it's crazy shit and it's like you're totally pissing everyone off and so and this world of the internet that's changed throughout you're starting to make music to the world now really cares about <laughs> social media and you're a greek daddy the instigator the gangster of the year talking shit to people that's like not helping you you know what i mean so and then sub was the opposite so it was positive and caring about people and helping people and stuff so he was like a totally different style, older dude that we would hang and, out with. And, and that's like part of the other trippy whole thing about this is like, you know, growing up like music wise, like we grew up on like a lot of gangster rap, you know, like we listened to a lot of like, you know, Reek Daddy shit, you know, obviously like Eminem stuff, uh, you know, Dr. Dre, Tupac, all this kind of stuff. A lot of like stuff that was close to us to really hit us hard, like Andre Nicotina and Sally Sell and these kind of artists out there. So like we were big on that kind of music. So when I, when I started really diving into like wanting to make more music and doing shit, like I was kind of rapping that style of like hardcore shit. And, and at the time like we weren't really so much like, like you were saying, like I'm not supposed to like so much talk about everything we were doing behind the scenes, especially on the growth side of doing it outlaw style. Like different people would be like, don't, you know, you shouldn't be showing it for sure. Talking about it. Like you're saying, but like gradually as we did the music stuff, we rode with Reek Daddy for, for years. You know, when we first met him was like 
2006 or, two, or something like that. And then we put out our first underground album was 2007. It was called NOYB Boys, which Reek's label was NOYB Records. For anyone who doesn't know Reek Daddy, that's NOYB Records was none of your business records. He was like an OG who like raised Mac Dre and like these OGs from the Crest side from Vallejo, California. So when we met up with him, like through weed too, one of our buddies ran into him at a gas station randomly, gave him some weed. and Because we were going to sack selling weed and everyone's so picky, you know, and we're... We were selling weed to a lot of different people, and he randomly met Rico at a gas station and gave him some weed. Gave him some weed, and Rico was like, uh, gave him posters and and some CDs. So he was like, "No fucking way!" And, and he hit us up and he told us, and "We're like, no way, really? You met Rico, Daddy? Because we were listening to Rico. We were fans of Rico before we met him at all. Like we loved his shit. So we were tripping that he actually. Are you sure that was Rico? And he came over with the CDs and the posters, and it was Rico Daddy shit. And we're like, no way. And he wanted us to come down with weed, and at the time, like. We we're all like, that's fucking sketchy. You know, Reek's such a gangster. Like, we're going to bring weed down. He's going to fucking jack us. Yeah, like, we yeah. Like, sure it was thanks for the up. weed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like that's what we could only expect that. But after a few times of him keep reaching out, like you guys going to come down with some weed? What's up? And like my bro and a couple of his friends went down there the first couple times and brought some weed down. And like, he was hella fucking cool. He was it like, was super chill. Super chill. First time. <sighs> Crazy neighborhood, you know, super hood. It's called Strawberry Manors in Sacramento. It's one way in, one way out set up. And it was a first, like, it looks like a movie, you know, it's the real shit. And there was even one time where they're in Task Force Raid with this neighbor and shit. We're in the garage, like, looking at it go down, smoking in his old Cutlass car, whatever car he had. <laughs> and um, somebody who was so cool, yeah, you get there and you're sketched out because it's hood everywhere. People got to move out of the way when they're playing basketball. There's a cotton candy dude selling popcorn or drugs or whatever. He's faking, you know. Both. Some stand. Yeah, yeah, both. <laughs> it looked like a movie. <clears throat> and then we get in the house and it... And he'd go in the back bedroom where studio is and he's just start smoking and he's super cool. It's just crazy chill. That's awesome. He really yeah. liked the weed right away. It was really crazy how he, so many people are real picky with outdoor too, you know, they love indoor and he loved perp for sure too. Well, we had perp also back in the day too, when we started to meet him mm -hmm. a little bit. So that we probably had some he really liked too, but he was really cool with the outdoor too. Like he really liked it. <clears throat> right away and that's that's you guys's forte yeah like for anyone who hasn't seen the videos yet i mean it's crazy you gotta you gotta go through some of these videos like for sure plants you know 15 plus feet tall 10 to 15 feet by 10 to 15 feet like as big as a car on on end and yeah. side by side yeah like, you car. yeah it's uh -huh. a, like driving through a redwood tree yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, people, because you have to give reference because they're used to like a plant. For sure. It's like, no, no, no. And so you guys start to get into these seeds, you get into music. Like, where does it start to go from there after you meet Reek Daddy? Um, like, after we met Reek, like at that time, I was just like freestyling and fucking around with some friends, like writing. I was starting to write music in during high school. Like, I started getting into wanting to write music more. But at the beginning, we were just freestyling, fucking around. So we were just rapping, playing, had like a little microphone in the closet style, really janky old school style blankets on the wall, recording on the laptop, you know, just starting out doing stuff. And this was when they were taking their first couple trips up to Reeks. And the whole time I was just in thinking in my mind, like, I wonder like how cool it would be to make a song with Reek if that could happen somehow or something. So one of the times I, he hit him up and, and I asked him, I was like, yo, Reek, what, if, what do you think if we come up and record a song together? And he's like, oh, I didn't know you guys made music. He's like, yeah, come, come up. Let's see what's up. And I was like, oh shit, no fucking way. So this was like the beginning of like, this could, this is crazy. And you know, at the time, like I was saying, like big fans of Reek, like loved Reek's music, Mac Dre, Doobie, all those guys. So we went up there and like, we go in the studio and we're smoking, super chill. And he's like, he's like, all right, let's see what you got. 
And he's like, bust something out. And it's just, you know, sitting there. <laughs> I'm you're like, getting hard. Oh, I'm so fucking so like, Let me roll another joint real I'm quick. So Hold on. I'm, nervous. Nervous. I'm just chilling. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. He's like, I'm Because we also, we used to talk hella shit to him as he was rapping growing up. Like, as he started getting into music. Oh, we Lord. Our friends, are, our friends would talk a lot of They're shit. They're sig artists. Know? They and, used to um, talk shit all the time. So Daniel would go through it for a while, you know what I mean? So, like, getting into that point was like, oh, we shit. We had a tape recorder that we used to rap on. I have, like, one old school tape that I found, actually, of, like, old freestyles but sometimes him and his friends would come home and they'd find it and they'd play it and listen to it and then i'd come home they'd be like oh we heard your raps dude you fucking <laughs> yeah. think you're fucking blood <laughs> jewelry <laughs> bud <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just talking shit i'm just like oh fuck you guys whatever dude and, and that was at the time where like a little bit after that like i don't know if it was before before we went to reeks that you started making beats. it was like right after right after so like, we went up to reeks and yeah, he's like, yeah, bust something out. So I'm just super fucking nervous. I'm fucking tripping like, oh shit. And I just spit something off the top of the brain. You know, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, but I just wrapped something. And he's like, oh, okay. Y'all like that? Let's fucking record. And he kicked on the beat and it was like, he's like, just write a verse. And it was with a couple of our homies and we just fucking started. Okay. Recorded a song with him. And fucking after we did the song, we're listening to him. We're about to leave. And he's like, all right, when y'all coming back up to make some more music. And we're like, no fucking way. We're like, I'm hella down. Like, we're down for sure. Because especially we kind of knew like how money was going with music to how you pay for features and stuff too. So like we're, and that was, we're so new to music. We were just hip to that. So like him even offering to, do to another record song. songs with them we're another like another song we just got to, to do do pay a, a song for free or be like yo yeah bring me a unit exactly. you know yeah, and we'll, we'll do yeah, a song bring yeah. five pounds uh-huh. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. everyone's hustling everyone yeah and he, he's a hustler wow. too and that's what <laughs> is so trippy that like at that point right there like reek said uh, numerous times too, I, I always saw something in you from that beginning of you had something to you had something in you for sure there was something gonna happen so we come up there and we're like, all right, let's make some more music. And then I don't know if like at the time, like I was just downloading instrumentals off the offline, trying to find whatever that we would just rap to on the tape, you know? And then Bleezy started, he started all of a sudden thinking about maybe I should start playing with this uh, program and make some beats or something. So he started playing around and actually pulled together a couple beats. I don't know. One of those very first beats that he made we brought to Reeks the next time, and Reek was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. He's like, "You it was made like my this first bleep? real beat like, that I made." This like was even before was it was bleezy. Not, not all the way loops, almost. I think it was still mostly loops, but like I really mixed it cool, and it was like a raw sound and Taylor Gangster sound and beat. And it was, he liked it so much. I was, still pick. I can remember <laughs> that song hella. Like it's crazy, it super tight. And he's probably the one that really got me into like the loop thing too, because he had the uh, Acid program. It was like uh, before he had Pro Tools, he had the Acid program. We make beats in there. And it was like a loop, a lot of loops and stuff. So yeah. I think like before Daniel went there, we would smoke and watch him because he used to make music probably well. So we would smoke there and sell some weed with him, get to know him. Then Daniel came in and I'm just like, I don't want to make beats now, dude. I want to make a, I don't want to rap at all. For some reason, I never wanted to rap. I just, I like the music and the sound of music and I pick it apart and I understand like the puzzle of music. Like when I listen to it, I can't stop listening to it. You know, I dissect it. I'm like, I was dissecting the beat. And mm-hmm. I, like, I have to really focus on the lyrics. So I just get into the beat. I try to listen to the lyrics and I slowly get sucked on the beat. Oh, shit, I missed a bar. Oh, I missed a bar. I'm super into the instrumental side of it. Yeah, yeah. the melody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so 
you guys are still cultivating at this time? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, still like uh, small at that time. That was before we had, you know, before the raid and everything. This was what, like, what the, was your mom saying when you guys were like, yeah. yo, we got to come back. Holy fuck. Uh, uh, she's like, everything. Okay. She was, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're sad dad too. Like, no, he, like, he, he had been then. long. He had been gone for a bit yeah, by then. You guys already ran him out. Yeah. He had already ran But our mom at that point, once, we got up to those grows before we got raided our mom started being real supportive of everything we were doing like on the music side even though things weren't even starting to pop or do anything yet but she was we were doing it all the time like we started really focusing we would be out we built a studio in her backyard at that time uh, before like we had moved out before the raid all that stuff so she saw us going back there every day Every day we'd go out there. I'd make a song, two songs a day, just random shit, just to do it, just to practice and make songs and keep going and keep writing. I'd come up with random concepts. So she started being super supportive of everything. So once the raid happened, we had to come back. She was like open arms, like, come on back. I got yeah, you just been, when, as long as you awesome. need before you Ready. guys can figure out what to do. That's huge. Yeah, it was yeah, super yeah. badass. We our moms had our back from yeah. day one. Like, we love our moms. Especially because you're coming out of such an L. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, man, now what? Yeah, so like, hardcore, yeah. And then to, to catch more flack is just like, oh. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's cool, man. Sure. Yeah. She was and like that. Even at that time was when Sub was filming the stuff. So we started getting Sub's fans started to know us. And then when we got raided, they started sending us weed and stuff, too. And yeah. hash and seeds. I saw you guys lost your vanilla crisp seeds. Here's a pack of vanilla People sent us money and envelopes <laughs> and all kind of shit. It was like, that was like, holy, that was our first time of seeing like how much the cannabis culture and the people all have each other's backs. Like when something happens, like there's always people that reach out to help bring the next person up. Yeah. So we like went to our moms and we had like weed from homies and weed from people that certain weed people were sending us to and we're yeah. floated through that little transition, but it was so whack. We were so just devastated. You know, we had so many plans. Like at that time we were starting to get our music, uh, Making the planners of the tree CD, we're starting to really folk, like get our music tighter. We did our own new label. We switched everything up, have our own setup. We're about to have two hundred fucking pounds at, at fifteen hundred. <laughs> You're like game on, baby, like, cropped oh, over. Yeah, the dude already like me from the do? last year. It was sold already, and yeah. it was like no way, dude. The whole thing gone. All our dreams. Do you think it was really a call? <laughs> Uh, that they got, or do you think, think it was it a was, neighbor? I think it was a neighbor. Yeah, it's got at it. the end of the day because we were yeah. really close to a neighbor. We had kids in the backyard, and it was like just fence to fence. Like she right. had a bad day, and she was like, "Enough, enough Speed. of it. It's we're it's getting ready, smelling, and it's right toward. Right okay, I'm yeah. done." Yeah. And it yeah. looked like way more from her view because she don't see the individual pot. She's like up looking at the canopy of weed, so it yeah. like gets bigger over the. She's year, seeing two hundred pounds. Bigger and, bigger. and the original thing yeah. that they said when they came, they said somebody called and said you guys had three hundred plants and guns. Yeah, on the property. Oh uh, lord! So we were like, "What?" We're and like, that what made the them real serious. Fuck are they talking so about? And we did have a shotgun there. We had a shotgun in the house. And the mm. other thing we had was a crossbow. Which yeah. the, we used to shoot targets in the with the crossbow in the backyard, and that's something that ran through our mind. Are they tripping on that or what the fuck? Is, and maybe that the was neighbor the one called and called? said, "These guys got hella plants and they got yeah, guns because she sees us target practicing in the backyard with our crossbow." You're like, "We got to get out to the hills. We got to yeah. switch something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, time, I mean, we lost everything, so we're like, "Well, we can't even go to the hills if we wanted to, unless we wanted to go." off grid something crazy but we're like we got to figure out what we're going to do to buckle down and get restarted and how we want to proceed doing this yeah even like the next year after that i i think is when we started doing the how to grow first how to grow thing on youtube where yeah. we did it at our grandpa's house where we talked to him to grow on six plants at his house while we were living at our mom's because yep. our mom's already was uh, we we're sketched to grow at our mom's as we're living there just got raided even though when we got raided they didn't give us a ticket you know they walked off 
Nothing. Didn't take you guys to jail? No, no. jail, no paper. What? No and when what? they searched the house, they went up to the studio where the shotgun was. We walked in the studio, he's searching the house, and I see the shotguns wide open, sitting on the bed, just on, like, open, just chilling. So I try to put a blanket over it when he's in the closet looking, and he looks over, what are you doing? And he opens the blanket, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, are you stupid? You toward like walking towards the gun or trying to hide the gun or whatever. So I was like, "Oh, we're fucked," you know. And then they just walked away and left us there. Left the they left the shotgun there the too. Fucking- they just took our money, the all the the weed they all the fresh weed they chopped up. They we had weed and toast and one had- little sack and some seeds and a little cubby that we had like a a little chest top, little, like a they're like good luck next year hopefully thing. you got some more money together yeah they're we'll like see you next we year. left you a little yeah. bit of something yeah or something yeah something. just our extra pot we left you a little something <laughs> yeah, in there yeah. still but but then we're living at our mom's house and like months later like six months later we get a thing in the mail or a call they just left a message on the phone saying you have a meeting with the district attorney you could do it uh and it's an invol it's a not vol- it's a voluntary meeting you don't have to do it or you could do it or we're you know we're going to start looking at a case or pressing charges or some shit and we were like, oh, should we just ignore it? And then someone said, no, you should go do it and do the meeting and see what they're saying and bring a lawyer. <clears throat> so we got uh, Ken Estes, Granddaddy Perp. Uh, he was homies with another dude we were rapping with, uh, DJ Ignite. So he's already been fucked with by cops for days. He's been in the game forever. So he was like, oh, yeah, I got a lawyer. He told us which lawyer to use. So we got his lawyer and then went in there and listened to the meeting. And we actually recorded the whole meeting. We have a little sample. Uh, we've done a couple samples from the meeting, but <laughs> also like, I don't know how legal it is, but we recorded a like, 30 minute meeting or some shit and just listened to it. And then he uh, says like, um, what, we also had to get, we got a couple clubs to say we were bringing weed to clubs. So we had like proof that weed was going to a club because we were selling to clubs for the beginning of time too, way before that garden, like from weed we're trimming we'd get all the shake and then we'd make keef and then sell the keef to the club or get all the budlets and sell budlets it was like clubs. a paper saying that we donated it to the club or something you know yeah so like, like to go in the meeting we came in with that they talk about it they say okay well if you guys don't want to we'll dismiss the case no charges if you just forfeit everything you know or not talk about it like drop it or whatever and we're like yeah we'll just drop it then we're yeah like, at the time because we we're like well we don't even have no money left or anything to fucking start this battle if we wanted to go down that route to try to fight it and see if we can win it or it was 25 over. plants so it was like maybe we're a like there's a chance we could do something <clears throat> yeah or we just go at it and waste more money and they just fuck us over and anyways. then they're really gonna, and they dig into shit because we're such a small town they'll and, know us forever if we really a year or two of fighting a case and that time of we're like we're especially if you win make more heat yeah, on us yeah, for sure just exactly yeah then you got a mark yeah. on your back <laughs> yeah yeah so, you're like gotcha and they're yeah. like uh-huh so at yeah, the time uh-huh. after that we're just kind of like let's just kind of just try to be just in this you know and just get it behind us and move on and be know that we're clear of that and they're not coming after us or whatever and then that's when we started when we went back to growing it was just six plants and we're like yeah let's start filming everything and let's show people. how do you talk them into that like, hey, we're going to film this now. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He didn't, I don't, he, he never had a problem or tripped uh-huh. or ever said anything about like, what are you doing with the camera? Because he used to, like we were that. so talking about sub, like he saw the MSNBC things through high school, you know, too. So then by 2013, we were, I graduated high school in 2004, you know, so 2013, um, he was had his indoor room already and stuff. And he's see us working with sub and talking about sub all the time and showing him videos all the time. So he probably was just like, he was just it's normal out, now. I guess. Well, yeah. Was it so new where he was like, what the hell are you doing out here? Yeah, he was kind of somehow didn't care as much as it. Now that you say that, he should have cared more. I feel like yeah, he would have cared, but he just got raided and you're filming the new grow. I'd be like, oh God. That's that. That's that NorCal life. Bro. Yeah. 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 Cause he's, he was always cool. Gramps was desensitized. Square. Like, our mom was yeah. really squarish, you know, and really, uh, she's like, 
normal person, you know. Our grandpa yeah. was working on engines for fucking drug dealers and growers for days. You He's know? probably hyped up by it, honestly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He was super. Yeah. And our grandma gets excited. He's, He's like, like yeah. hopefully they blow up. Yeah. He's like, dude. Like, mom, you or we used to grow little plants in San Francisco on the windowsill. Yeah, our grandma loved it. It's different for NorCal people. It's like the weed shits. They're just like, yeah, it's kids being kids. It's just normal. We support them. So much. We support them. So, or they have a friend whose husband does it and he's chill. So they're like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's always been super chill. Even like yesterday doing donuts with him. It was so cool. We go burn some blunts and then we go do some donuts around Brentwood, like fucking looking for a place to do donuts. Took forever to find a place to do (laughs) donuts too because Brentwood's like, really residential and like you try to do one in an intersection you got a lot of straight shots of cop would see you from days away so we had to find an industrial park where we went and swung it <laughs> we laid it down he's yeah. super cool dude Graham's super cool and so that video you guys film that goes up on youtube like how does that connection make you film it and then you decide to put it up or yeah just like sub would do yeah we just did the video of our outdoor yeah. real documentary and put it up on youtube and then it went to it got really big too like i don't know what it has now but over all these years it's gotten so many views it's yeah. We did like a three or four parter and then did the second year of film. And we just started filming forever after that, really. And like the couple times <laughs> when we were doing like those videos with Sub, like before we the raid happened and he was dick, taking those first couple trips up to the garden. And it was like our first introduction into like talking to people on the camera in the grow. So like people we would start seeing from his videos, like a lot of people chiming in asking us questions, questions or what's going on in. mad uh, questions uh, what, yeah because sub was hyping up too because sub was blown away he was coming over like look at look at what they're doing with my genetics i can't they're, believe the crazy train can do this shit. oh my god yeah so he was so excited and you know he had energy he was a character so he was hyping it up and all the weed nerds were getting super excited about it so they started hitting us up and asking us like all these kind of questions or what we're doing or how like, we're doing it because sub was teaching them indoor stuff so that's when it was kind of like the f- open door of like, let's start giving them this content and, sh- and take them behind the scenes on our side and we, show them what we're doing. Yeah. We probably answered like 600,000 questions on Instagram and f- social media or whatever. Like s- so many messages. And we try to respond to a lot of people and it gets over it. Now it's really hard over the year, like the last couple of years, even though our Instagram got shut down and we're back up and whatever. But um, so many questions and it's like, Jesus criminy it's out of control we love it just (laughs) how many people are just so into it and like like wondering how we do it and stuff so it's fun to be doing it for anywhere else in the almost the world your style is so unique you're like whoa there's not many places where people can do that for sure that's why indoor so big is because people can hide it but when you see Uh that you're like oh shit this is like yeah half a field and these things and you got rows but then you also got single plants and you 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 know what i'm saying like you have very uniform circular yeah people can see and we learned that from the first dude we were trimming from he had those circle giant you know 10 pounder style plants and so i was just like what we started seeing. We didn't even really see small plants except for people's residential backyard five-gallon pots. And when we started doing that tomato patch was pretty big compared to what we've ever seen almost. And then uh, besides that dude stuff. And that was right around when we were trimming for that dude. So, like, that's how we – that's the first plants we started. Like, that's what we thought plants were. You know what I mean? That's how we thought everyone's plants were supposed to be. The size of a house. Yeah. 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 You're not doing big, it right. Big plants. Like <laughs> and so then you start to, what, tie in the music to the videos? Yeah, like, like, you know, through the time, like, to run it back with Reek, you know, like, when we started meeting with Reek, please brings beats down, and Reek's like, this is fucking sick, you know, like, we start vibing, start creating shit together, and he's like, 
y'all are the NYB boys, you know, you're riding with me and everything, and you're you blah blah blah. You're my white boys. Yeah, my white. <laughs> like, y'all are white boys. Y'all got <laughs> the fucking we're weed. The only white boys. Yeah, ain't no only other one. other white dude every once in a while, Mr. Squirrels, that would be hanging out over yeah, there. Yeah, numerous shows and stuff, and places we'd go with Reek. We'd have people like eyeing us out, like, who, who the, the fuck, fuck are yeah, these yeah, guys? All the time. But all the OGs and Reek and everyone would be like, don't oh, fuck with my white boys over here, you know, my crew right here, they're with me. And as soon and as like, oh, what's really up, man? What's up, y'all? Close circle and they started smoking our weed. There's never a problem. There's never a time where we felt sketched at all. Yeah, we were always <laughs> recap. Re sketchy. The environment was sketched and the vibe was sketched, but not anyone pushing us around or Jake taking our wall, whatever the fuck people did. Yeah. Never got like scared, like no one ever did that kind of shit. Yeah, Rick had our back. Rick had our back. And he was so respected because he was OG. Like Mac Dre looked up to Rick. Like if Mac Dre was around and talked about Rick, he'd have so many cool stories. Yeah. Like Rick and him did crazy shit. Like, all the gangster shit they would do like reek showed him mac dre a lot of that shit had mac dre already passed by the time you guys started working with reek yeah yeah sadly four i think when i was a senior so mm -hmm. like we it, was met Rick Joseph it was like a couple five, years six. after that when we met reek yeah. so so we were big that. fans of mac dre yeah. like he was like everyone was like in high school us. when i was a senior and he uh, he died um Everyone's like, oh, Bleezy, oh, or Brian, or oh, Brian McDray. I was the one that like met, yeah, Mac Dre Mac Dre to everyone. Yeah. You know, I had Mac, yeah, all, I was super Mac Dre out. Um, so like we started renting Reek. That's why we love Reek so much too, because he was in the whole Crestside circle. Mm -hmm. And then meeting him was like, man, we're just like barely missed meeting Mac Dre, yeah. doing songs with him, and even seeing him live at concerts or anything. We barely missed the whole Mac Dre yeah. thing, just on just seeing, listening to his music, never in person. Mm -hmm. Where does it where does it go from after you uh, move back in with your mom and stuff? Where'd you guys go from there? Did you guys go and get another spot or like how long was that period? And then when did you guys get back on your feet with the grow shit? We were there, you know. We did the garden at our grandpa's house where we started filming. So we had that six plants and then trimming a bunch. So we start stacking our money back up again. Six plants wasn't much, but that harvest you know starts to get the ball rolling. And I think. Um, the next year like that next seat like we did that season we stayed at our mom's through that season we grew up patch at our grandpa's house did all that work and then the next year we actually ended up moving in with our gramps to help him like keep the property that he was at because at the time things started like he started like it was starting to get hard to keep up with bills and and keep the property you know and we definitely didn't want to see it get lost and everything so we were already like fuck let's just move in with gramps and we'll yeah, fucking like, hold it down together um, and, and keep this spot and grow a patch together and from there, we just like, yeah, it was like that next year where we got out of our mom's, went there, a little collab grow with our gramps and just kept filming and kept gradually building it up until that next year. I think the following year after that, we extended and we cleaned a bunch of the backyard at our grandpa's house because he had a bunch of shit back there, cars and trash and this piles of metal and all this stuff. So when we moved in, we started cleaning up a bunch of stuff. We're like, man, we can put the, think of a patch out in this spot, like filling up. Like another. we were doing the first six, <laughs> we're in his vegetable garden where he grew forever. And the back was just chaos. Chaos, but full sun. Just <laughs> but dirt. full sun. And we look at it like, man, that one day we're like, just, we should go there and talk to him into cleaning that out and growing there. And then we did like, that was like two years of the six plants trying to be chill filming a lot and then got comfortable again and we're like okay let's do 18 plants we'll just do yeah set a double and let's triple one time right, maybe not 25 happens. just in case <laughs> but let's go hard and that's when yeah, not 25 still. and that was after a couple years of filming the how to grow videos and then so many people were showing so much interest in it and telling and a lot of people just kept saying why don't you guys make a dvd Make a DVD, like a how to grow thing. Instead of all on YouTube all the time, we should make it available and we're like, for us and stuff. Yeah, maybe we should. Like, that'd be pretty cool to do that. And that's when we moved the garden to the back spot bigger. And then we filmed the first how to grow DVD. And just like, instead of doing it YouTube style, we're just like 
filmed through the season, documented it all, cataloged it and started like Make it proer. Yeah, make it like more of a real, you know, how to grow mm. DVD style. It's like a shit. lot of work. It, it is. is a lot of work. It was, I forget how many hours it was when it that first was. That one was started. a lot. Oh my God. Like we filmed so much. Of footage or something to get down to whatever it ended up being. It was like so much work and editing. Who's, and who's editing everything? You? Uh, mostly me. Yeah. yeah Daniel does it too. We both do it, but I do it a little bit more. We almost even now that we both do it. Final, he star- yeah, he started. Cut. He was editing all the time at the beginning and I gradually started watching him and I was like, I kind of want to play around with it too and see what I can do and then gradually started learning it and then I was like, oh, I'll start editing We too. picked up video. I, I picked up video editing fast because of music because working in Pro Tools yeah. and stuff, the like Goes hand in hand, yeah, layering and all that. All the same puzzle yeah. piece, yeah, just an open puzzle to move things around in. And at this time, are you putting your infusing your music into the videos yet, or no? With this DVD, yeah, in the YouTube yeah. we started, and okay. even in YouTube. Uh-huh. Like, so I guess, are you filming it then, writing the music, or are you taking the music and being like, "This would fit dope with this"? Scene? Yeah, we already like had music that was already done that we were wanting that we were like, "Oh, we should use this here," and like that was like. Like after we got rated too is where we started doing more weed music also. So like, yeah, like that's what I was gonna get to with like yeah. you know as getting in with Reek, starting the thing, and you know gangster rap at beginning rapping with Reek in the studio is like you gotta go hard. You have to kill you someone every song. Every song someone had to who's die. got the hardest there's a dead body in a shopping cart, or there's a dude with a bat that got hit with a bat, or there's a built-in bathroom on your hip, or there's something. <laughs> Reek would say the gangster Reek, shit. Reek would never even and he would never like tell us what he's doing either. He'd be over there yeah. mobbing, just right and we're like no concept. Like, we're like what, what are we write? writing about? And he's like, just fucking go hard. <laughs> fucking write some shit. <laughs> go hard, bro. And you're like, oh fuck. Uh, and yeah. he's like, I'm okay, well, I'm the youngest one here. I'm the only white dude. Everyone's gangster rapping. That's what I, I listen to. I, was, I guess I should, listening. yeah, I wrap this type kind of shit and throw some stuff. But I, I'd always throw little things of weed in the mix, smoking and whatever. But at the time, it wasn't gross shit. So a- after a bit, like, and and pe- like, we started really noticing like a couple songs that we were doing, getting more attention on, like, and especially with sub stuff, doing those T- the TGA song and these different things, like, started making us like, damn, like, the weed music is definitely more our lane and like even true to you exactly yeah, and even like to with your people yeah uh-huh. after working with reek all those years and doing this stuff and we collabed with hella different artists that we looked up to and all wanted to work it. with all the people from that area and reek was like he's like y'all gotta get out and do something different he's like y'all have worked with all of us all the people and all this shit but y'all gotta like go out and get new fans to introduce to our shit or whatever and like at the time it was weird for us because we it almost felt a little bit of a way of like what do you mean? Like I wanted to, I'm trying to rap with you guys and do all this stuff, but it was hell of a, a, a mind opener of like, yeah, maybe we should, we should be going out and doing something different and like even more our style shit. And we're like, we should like, we started going like, really, it was like that, at that time it was like, we should go full, full out what we're really doing out here in the hills. Why are we hiding it and just talking about smoking? Let's tell her, let's talk the grow side of it. Let's get real fucking cannabis culture music on them and start going hard. And that's like when the first Planters of the Trees album, we, we went full and we started working with reggae artists too. That We loved reggae music and gangster rap and our mom listened to country music. So like, and we would go out to like reggae on the river festival and watch these artists and big fans of Damien and Sizzla and these guys. So we had wanted to start working with reggae artists and we felt like the vibe of what they were doing was all positive. They love ganja. It was like, it was like, man, we should be able to mash up and vibe. And we hella did with all the people that we worked with it instantly. We're like, damn, this was hella fun it's like super what we do we're just really laying out our fucking lifestyle on this shit and going giving them really full out cannabis culture music and working with totally new people from what we were doing 
with working with Reek Daddy. Because yeah, Reek never worked with no real reggae people or not. But he liked reggae a lot too. All they the liked reggae. like reggae. Mac Mall. Mac Mall's song, Illegal Business. You know Mac Mall's Illegal Business? Yeah, my song? opinion. Oh, oh, my opinion? My opinion. Oh, Mac Mall's a, a big artist from Bay Area and uh, he's had some big songs and he's got a song called My Opinion, which we've listened to and it's one of his biggest songs. One of Super. our favorite songs Super. when we were kids. You should listen to it after this. My name is Young Mac Mall Maine and this is my opinion. It's a huge, it's, big hit. And uh, after all the years after we started doing reggae music, he told us because we know him too and he told us that that's a Pato remix which is a reggae artist that we did a song with and he's like oh you did a song with Pato that uh, my opinion that's from like, oh, Pato's man. my opinion song from the 60s from like, the man, 80s we, or something. we used shit. to listen to Pato all the time and they're all talking about <laughs> it we're like that's such a trip I never imagined like Reek and these gangsters jamming to some reggae music but they were hella into that shit too but we didn't even know at the time you know but as gradually we started doing this other stuff and it really that's when it started to change on like music started to really get to like, it was a noticeable difference from well, cause we, what you're talking about too is so in depth that most other people can't talk that talk. Exactly. They yeah. don't know what, like, it's like, Oh shit, they're really, he's really talking about weed for shit. sure. Yeah. Moving, you know, bringing down a hundred pounds, 200 pounds in the back. What really happens to oh, it after how the do fact? They grow these hundred pounds. Yeah. And so it, it, <laughs> it's, it's almost a lesson in like, be yourself. Exactly. Cause and if you, even from the beginning, if you were spitting that, he probably would have been like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yep. Yeah. And even the first CD we dropped could have even, yeah, been way crazier. Yeah. Cause too. he loved the weed shit. And that's what brought us together in the first place. And like, I would just sprinkle weed stuff in there, but I would be hesitant to talk about what we were doing for real until we're like, fuck Reek it. knew, you know, but we're you like, tell he's a real one too for telling you guys, Hey, you need to, you need to go out and explore more yeah. Yeah. what you're doing <laughs> and, you know, then bring it back over here. Exactly. You know, yeah. Connect a You ain't going to get it out here the same yeah, way we do. Yeah. We're not from out there and you're not from out here. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, you know, a, a good OG right there. Yeah, Somebody yeah. to like give you the real and help you like that to let you see it in a way without feeling like some ulterior motives or nothing like that. Just mm -hmm. keeping and it we're honest. Making those songs, we're showing him the songs. We go to the studio. When we go to the studio with Rick, we went, you know, hundreds of studio sessions. We drive to SAC. We leave here, we leave uh, Mendo at like four in the morning, smoke like six blunts on the way to sack, uh, get a sack seven in the morning, just listen to his music and smoke with him. He'll play like five, six songs of his new shit he made. Mm -hmm. um, and then we show him our songs or whatever, and then we make a new song all the time. So every time in between, we show him our stuff too and listen to his new stuff. And we got, you know, he's on the every CD when he was alive. Even after he died, we had him on every CD for quite a few years. <clears throat> um so he was like super cool with it yeah and yeah and it, it did a lot like it was noticeably the it's still our best cd the planters of the trees original cd it's like that whole cd was like the first real there's other rappers in humble like garth cultivator and underrated and potluck and these dudes they've been rapping about weed growing it cypress hill you know a little bit but like in a catchier way not as a detailed weed nerd kind of way Almost. Yeah, no, it's like, that's that's another thing I was going to say, you know, because we were big on, you know, Cypress Hill growing up, Be Real, Conmouth Kings, you know, Snoop Dogg, all these guys that were, every everyone who was yeah, repping super, weed, yeah, we were fucking listening because we were like, yeah. fuck yeah, we're fucking smoking out over here. These guys are sick, dude. And as we got into weed music, we're like, wow, how can we do something different than like the Cypress Hills and the Cottonmouth guys and these guys that have been doing weed music for, you know, back in the day before we started making music when we were just listening to them. That's why we're like, no one is like really going super deep on the grow side and the farmer side of like 
And even speaking for the patients, like literally trying to just like educate people through music and not just talk about partying with weed and smoking. I'm like, oh, I got the fire. Or I'm making hella money. It's always smoking or, you know, it's either smoking weed or making money on weed is the only thing. It's like there's a huge, weed. this culture is huge. There's so much parts song. to this game, to this plant that is that we need to represent and talk about and show people. So it's like in our music, we started seeing how much of a, like I started to notice how much of a voice I had when things started to change and when Sub put music online, I started realizing like I, sh I definitely got to pay attention to what I'm saying these days from back in the day when I used to rap about crazy shit and I would just let it fly. Yeah, because one line all of a sudden would be noticeable too as he started transitioning. It'd be like one... One gangster line one out of the mix line. is like, why is that even in there anymore? I don't, and, I don't know why I did that. I, was I started to learn. That was my writing process of learning how to write songs, you know, of just like doing it myself and just getting into the zone of finding my shit. And then just... It's it's so trippy how it evolved into what it is now of like where it started and then starting to get so deep into like seeing the impact it was for like how much it was helping people like not only not only teaching them like grow stuff in the music but just the music in general of like the positive side of it and what we were doing with weed it was helping hella people and it was so inspirational for us to get in the studio and go even harder and deeper and tell people that like let's give them like the whole let's give them the rest that they haven't seen you know let's open up the next chapter in the cannabis culture side and like so like big props to these guys who like influenced us, you know, the Cypress Hill and these guys, cause they sparked it in our mind and we loved it because it was what we were doing. And then we we're like, let's take it to this next level, you know, let's branch off into the next section of it. So that's cool. That you saw the niche where you were like, all right, they have co this covered. Where do we fit in? What's our yeah. niche? How can this? we stand out different than just making another or you can't even, you know, it's like you can't repeat stuff that certain people have done anyways. You know, you could try like Dr. Green Thumb and these songs. They're fucking classic hits. They're super dope. And they're, they are what they are, you know, like, so we're like, we, yeah, how can we be different? How can we do it different? Well, what we're doing different. Stay is, true to your people, where you're from. Yeah. What you've experienced. Yeah. Uh-huh. And be able to tell it, you know, the, in the raw format the where people can relate. Yeah. And, you know, or be curious enough to be like, whoa, what's all that? Like, what yeah. are they talking and that's about? That's what's interesting. interesting now. Like you're saying, it's always been really since he started doing more, way more weed raps and getting really deep. It's not like we've ever been like super famous or popped a viral, like a, like a viral song or whatever, or, or like have a, like a radio hit or something. Um, and it's just so, so deep, you know, it's super weed nerd, like so weed nerded out once we got really tight with, with sub and really knowing weed and reading all the books and all the all the books you know what i mean like the grow bibles and all the stuff and the dank 2.0 all the so all the buds ones yeah like and we're so into it well and then <laughs> we got this like explain this that's part two of the how to grow dvd yeah it's like so, we did the first one and then a couple years later we've like started doing no-till and doing like real organic like we started we started like organic but then we started really growing organic after the first dvd and what do you think of no-till i love it yeah i think i like, love no notes i think the world needs to be on no-till yeah like commercial the, agriculture needs to change there was no-till the kiss the ground documentary it's on netflix i don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen it before i have not yet woody harrelson is a narrator for it it's super cool because he's cool listening to in general Super good documentary and uh, super good about farming and and no till and stuff and um and what it, the impact that you know modern agriculture is having on the fucking planet you know how much it's like soil how much topsoil around the planet is getting disturbed and opened up and dried out and disappearing 
If they go deep into it. And then monocropping versus having crops that yeah. basically benefit each other. Exactly. And cycling yeah, through. And exactly. Yeah. Yep. So like once we had a homie that we met through music bringing us out to a concert, Minnesota Nice is uh, yep. like. Shout out to our, our boy, Minnesota Nice. He was, uh, had an indoor room he showed us because he's one of the weed nerd fans. We started meeting weed nerd fans all around the world. So now we, there's so anywhere we go, there's like. And now as it's gotten bigger, it's, you know, past weed nerds, it's just everyone's. And that's what they also like, that's what I was going to say earlier. It's like just so deep in the weed stuff that now people are catching up to it. You know, now it's crazy because we were so deep in the weed game and now everyone's pretty much like really gamed up. So now our music's getting more popular in a way. And it's, it's just finding its timing now almost like. You were a bit ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. Not as many people had the opportunity. And as we talk sure, to people yeah, out you know, of our yeah. area and out of no. California, people out of California, especially are way behind. California's like our homie, Mr. Bond in the East Coast in uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. He said like, we're like 15 years behind what California does. Like whatever you guys are doing, like don't think like you're, it's already been played out. He's like, no one has that stuff yet. Like you're, everyone's way behind. It's Probably the same so with far. strains. People here will be like, I'm tired of that already. And I'll tell people like even in Colorado and stuff, I'm like, yeah, they were growing the RS 11 or whatever. And they're like, what? The RS 11. Yeah. And I'm like, you haven't heard of that yet. It's I'm like, the wave already came <laughs> was huge and then crashed. Like <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, it, there's such a, yeah, it's, disconnect. So like, the yeah. Nerd nation is huge all worldwide. And we started realizing that so many people all around the place, all around the places. So, he brought us out to a concert and he showed us an indoor room where he had uh, no-till style indoors and he had a straw on the top and cover crop growing. He had worms all wiggling. First time we ever seen any bugs in an indoor room that were beneficial. Yeah. It was like, no way, dude. You or that we're, we purpose? knew that we're there, there for a reason. You know? They, they like, had a purpose. Yeah, they weren't purpose. like, kill it all. Yeah, like this is yeah. what you want. Like this is your style. It was so cool. And his weed was the best weed we smoked out of state. Like his indoor is so clean, so fucking clean. Yeah. <laughs> he so, uses everything so clean. It's crazy. At, yeah. At that time, like when we were, you know, doing the, those how to grow videos online, then as we started to travel more into events and shows, like we started filming like on the road footage, kind of like tales of a doper, we were calling it for a while. We had this thing going. So we would show all this behind the scenes footage. And one of the times we were going out to Minnesota for a show, we were filming already for that stuff. And, and we were talking to our homie, Minnesota nice. And we're like, man, what if we did a, a, a no-till video and you could break it down for people because we were blown away he was telling us this and we hadn't known nothing about this yet or dove into it and none of the homies that we knew no one was doing no-till out where we're at it was all the same style that we've been doing yeah, there was like old school dudes kind of doing it but they were still like not <clears throat> there's still lots they of weren't pots repping like to, it. there's some people doing it in the ground here and there but not like not but like not that's that. not taking <clears throat> it to that next level of really like diving into the science of the soil and like making it like true living soil so like he was blowing our mind with this shit. We're like, man, people would trip on hearing this. Like, cause we're about to fucking try this at home. We're going to about to transition. And he's probably. like, he's like, I can't, I, he was so scared of going to the grocery store too. Is also probably why he dove into it. He would get all his food from the grocery store, like for the plants. Yeah. So all his nutrients. Popcorn yeah. start, popcorn seed starts. You get alfalfa, start the seed starts, give them those for mm -hmm. enzymes. You get everything like that you would eat. If he's like, if you put it in your body and it's good for your stomach, that's why I want to get my plant stuff that I would want to eat. And it's good for my body in general. And it's like, geez, that's so, it was crazy to hear like how it makes sense. deep you can go. Cause we're already uh -huh. weed nerds. Then he took it the next step. And then we realized after trying it, this is like, makes it easier. The first time getting it going is a little difficult or whatever, but then it gets way easy. And now, like I'm saying, like the gardens are like grow themselves pretty much like with the outdoor garden in Mendo, the way the climate is and having them in the ground with the cover crop and with the dry amendment feeding and little bits of teas that just grow like super, super easily. 
What would you say the number one lesson is for people wanting to get into no-till? Is there one like... I think it's just like, don't give up in the beginning. Like when you first start, it's like people give up and they think it's hard because it's like building your soil differently, more water in the beginning, keep your top more moist. People are always scared to keep their plants moist a lot. They like to... We used to always like let them drink water for 60 gallons on those big plants. We'd water 60 gallons a day on our plants too for each plant. So we'd be out there in the morning just, and it's, we didn't have no fast pump too. So at, the t- at that time where we got raided, we were just, that's how we always did like a pickle, go- pickle barrels, 50 gallon barrels, those red ones with a submersible pump, make the nutrient mix in there and just hand water and then put nutrient water over the top of that. So we started doing this no-till stuff and it's just like so much water and stuff. So and then we let them dry out for three days till they get bone dry. And that was like the technique we always thought was the business. But no-till is totally opposite of that. So it's weird for people to get used to keeping it moist. Well, you can't just keep it moist if there's no cover crop. Then it will have problems. So you need the straw and the cover crop. And the worms help the cover crop work. And it helps the soil move and break down. The whole down. circle of the breakdown and the recycle and the back again and green and brown and so down. You and have to have the little circle. But it's easy. The cover crop, a little straw, and then some bugs and worms. You know? And like for people wanting to get into no-till, like, I, like for us too at the very beginning when Minnesota Nice was breaking it down, it was like... A little overwhelming at the beginning. He's a scientist. Because yeah. we're like, holy fucking shit, dude. This is like crazy sound. Like he's going so scientific, you know, going down to the detail of all the big words and all the crazy shit that goes past our knowledge, you know? So we're like, I don't know. We're skeptical at first. But he was telling us like, man, if I was out where you guys were, I would, it, you don't understand how nice it would be to do this style out where you're at. He's like, it would be so nice. He's like, I could, I'll even come out there and help you guys kind of start it and show you the, the beginning process. And then we can go from there. Yeah, because before that too, like in all the years growing, learning from people, a lot of people would grow in pots. Like it's, uh, say like it used to be 65 gallons and slowly moved up to 200s and two, 300, 400 gallon pots or whatever. Every year they would till that or take the soil out of the pot Mix it with new shit and put it back in the fucking pot. Or even get rid of all the soil and start with fresh new yeah, soil. Yeah, all yeah. new that, soil. Even, yeah, start new every like, year. So, Empty all, all that, that garden out. And you're like, it's only getting better if you just do a couple things to it. Yeah, of it, yeah, and you yeah. can just help that cycle. So that much go. extra work. And it's, you don't let it dry out because then the microbes die. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like once things dry out, they die. Yeah, so yeah, you got to keep it. Again, it's yeah. that balance. Yeah, there's a balance to it. Plants can be so happy when the balance is right. Yeah, they'll notice it if it's not. It could be. It's Sometimes it seems a little like, you know, like, hard at times or a little bit overwhelming but it's really not like if you start to just step by step look at it and lay it out and just think about it and then once you start to get in that routine and see it happen and it becomes like wow this is really a lot of common sense things or you just think like yeah it should i should probably do that or a lot of, of common course sense it would things. need this he like, always said that you're trying to grow like the redwood forest floor grows tr- goes redwood trees like, yeah, he's exactly. like you guys are from where the redwood trees are what exactly. do they do what's on yeah, the what are they doing out there in the redwood who feeds forest? them nutrients who does what? anything decomposition who's out there cleaning yeah. stuff who's in you know like all the stuff the that stuff breaks down and clean it up yeah and get rid of it it's, it's slowly break everything has a purpose like, it's a natural breakdown it's a really true to it made so much sense to us it was like wow it's, it's crazy and then after years of doing it it's it's like a no-brainer now like major no-brainer but it was probably that first season where you're like all right we're gonna go no-till now yeah from bottled newts and stuff uh-huh. to like here we go it's because now you already have caught this rhythm of like we know what we can do with newts uh-huh. yeah. now we're about to go back to square one yeah yeah and relearn this all over again somewhat yeah uh, and also throughout the years of learning the plants just grew big too like i feel like there's so many things we did in the beginning like oh it made it do this but it's like no like oh it's week four look at the nutrients i did at week two is really working it's like no week four is just week four it's bigger now because it's two weeks further it, it's not like it's like the nutrients did that the plant pretty much did that you know what i mean and i used to think like everything i do is 
such a big purpose to do it. And slowly we've backed down and backed down and it always had the same results. And it's like the same results with way less every year. Yeah, instead of trying to like pump things up like we used to or people do with nutrients, you know, pump up to get bigger. We started to learn a lot more of like genetic side. It's like the genetics is the part that's going to really give you a big plant or a really thriving kind of thing, you know, like it comes down to that. But the the feeding spot, like just doing it that natural style with everything the same, like they they have the potential to grow massive. We've and we we learned that ourselves and then showed people. Yeah. Going from our old style of growing big plants to what we do over the last, you know, years of growing the same or even bigger plants, doing it all no till style. And like are the when sub started filming, people were just blown away, you know, on like how big the the pots were and stuff. And it's they just like, Oh, I, I can they never could get a plant that big even people around us you know i never get a plant that it's like you they didn't think like you just need a bigger pot like your root your root bound is a if you get a 200 gallon pot now look at what happened what happens <laughs> like uh, then let's try a 400 and then slowly we went to thousands i mean we met soil king yeah so we started doing the videos sub <laughs> repping us soil king makes soil by the fucking yard like dump trucks and dump trucks truck loads of soil so we needed soil you know, all the time so he hooked us up with him and then he's like oh you guys are going 400 gallon pots and we say, yeah, we got a couple 600 smart, uh, smart pots make 600s now. What about a thousand? I can get smart pots to make a custom thousand or they make thousands too. Like, and we're like, we don't have money for that soil. He's like, I got you. We'll sponsor this. I'll fill it up. And you guys, <laughs> let's do it. Let's see what happens. Hell yeah. So it went all the way to thousands you know, before do it. we went in the ground. <laughs> and in thousands, you're almost in the ground, but you're it's in still the ground not pretty. quite. Yeah. Not all the not way quite, the same. But yeah. as close as you can get. Which gives you what? Does it give you benefits not being in the ground when you you can control it a little bit better or what? Shit, like, I feel like over time now, the only benefit is... It's not really a benefit. It's, it's like not a benefit unless it like depending on where you're at, like your your ground. Yeah, if you're on concrete, like if depending yeah. on your your. But your now you're treating layer. that whole area as if that's the bed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even like at our grandpa's house that we took over when we did that first year at the bigger spot, we did all those pots and the th that's when we did the thousands even. Um, uh, over the years, we've took pots out and did our new style, and we oh, that ground's really hard back then. We always thought like for through the years, there's no way you can grow in this ground you know and it was like tainted like as we cleaned it up and things like oil oil engine engine parts you cars, know every time shit. we would dig somewhere there was bolts coming out or some car piece or something yeah so we were like skeptical like, i don't Pull know a body out of there you're like oh shit grandpa was crazy bro <laughs> i remember as a kid there was like a hole back there that was like Big 20 hole. feet deep where you we, we would like, ah if you fall in there you're dead like, like a yeah like <laughs> old school style just filling dumping shit into a hole and burying it yeah so like we were skeptical like i don't know if we want to grow in the ground out here it seems a little weird yeah like just, it's not gonna work or that's why, and then we were like had the hookup with Smart Pots and Soil King, where we started to work with them, and it made it easy to be like, oh well, we could get a hookup on all this stuff and kind of make it make be able to do it, and let's see how it goes. And yeah. you guys crushed it with Soil King. Yeah, yeah, the Soil Fucking King soil yeah. just works super freaking good. It's like it makes our job way easier because, like, you say indoor, especially uh, when you when we plant a plant from clone, we put it in the Soil King. You only have to feed veg once, and then you go to bloom. And we do like three bloom feedings or four bloom feedings. And it's like the food, the soil comes ready to go for the veg super hard. Like one feeding of veg almost is all you need. Damn. Depending on how big your plants are getting, but yeah, yeah. for small well, regular inside. What would be a, a few key things for people trying to grow outdoor? Because outdoor is so different than indoor. Yeah. Uh, um, outdoor is so like all the years, every climate's so different. It's so hard to suggest things for even in Mendo, so many microclimates. Like where our yeah. garden at to where our grandpa's house where he lives, um, 
is like totally different. So learn your microclimate. Learn that it's kind test of seed starts out. Yeah. Learn it, the ones that were good and find out. I don't think everyone has to grow the hype. I think it moves too fast anyways. Like you're saying too, your RS 11s fire. I only smoked it twice. Everyone hates it already. I know. Yeah. We don't see it that much. <laughs> we grew Oreos this year only because we don't want to grow any runts or cookie strains or seed junkie stuff. We want to, we don't want to promote that. It's promoted enough. You know, plenty of people growing your shit. Try to do something different. Fire something things else. out there and that then, can so, be but found. We wanted to still try the hype, so we tried Oreos, and uh, everyone hated the, like the acted like they hated it or like online. Oh, Oreos has been done. It's super non terpy. This and this, and it's our first like hype strain we grew in days, and it came out super fire. It's here. It's looks like indoor. It's from their last run in the greenhouse. Yeah, I only fed it once. It's crazy pretty, and it's like it's fire weed. You know, it's like. But um, everyone hates it already. So it's it like, is. You it's grow your own shit. Just like so. you say, microclimate. California is a microclimate for sh for genetics, where everyone immediately gets a hold of cuts. Right? They run it out as fast as they can, and then they're like, "What's next?" Yeah. Yep. And it's like it went from having a strain for a few years to a year. Then it went down to like a run or two, and then we want something new. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it takes three runs to dial something yeah. in to where you know exactly what this genetic needs. Uh huh. There's a disconnect with education, and that's what's cool about you guys' music because the education of like how hard it is to grow, how long it takes, what it takes to put a genetic in the ground, how every genetic comes out different. Like, yeah, there's a disconnect with education. So people know, like, yeah, if someone's putting out 60 strains a year, most likely those are actually only like 15 real strains. And they're getting renamed and shit because it's, it's, you can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. You can't keep up at all. And throughout all these years, we always grew, we grew sub stuff for years. Once we got cool with sub, he had new strains he's making every month. So we just, our outdoor would be new stuff from sub all the time. Let's take a look and at we never had a problem selling it. It's always was different shit that had different names that sub just dropped. No one knows about it yet. It comes out dank and has no problem. And now people are a lot pickier and the legal market, I feel like the underground market's super picky. The legal market gives you more leeway to sell cool strains. People in the clubs are more open to buying a new strain from a farmer yeah, that they yeah. like. That's very like true. Different mm -hmm. and not the same show. I like the structure we'll of out. Close yeah. shots of these for all the viewers and everybody. We know a lot of people request to see the jars and they want to see up close stuff. This, I mean, beautiful weed, bro. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And it's like all this is full sun, sun, sun outdoors. It's, yeah. it's funny. It's funny because you talk about the hype and stuff and how quick it passes by. And that's exactly why people are craving the classics right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they yep. they're like, damn, yeah. what we kept going on all this hype. And then now we don't even have the fucking originals around. Sour yeah. diesel. And it's, uh, it's really uh -huh. fucking So when that up. comes around, that's almost the exotic now. Yeah, where people are like, exactly. holy shit. It's weird. Yeah. It's now become and now exotic. It's like and you put some runs and they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen 100 yeah. variations of this in the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. You bring out an OG or a sour and you get people get excited. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck? Oh, this oh, one sounds great. What's I haven't this seen one? this. That one is, uh, I think that's the Fruit Loops, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that What's sounds this right. One? This smells. Blap out? Blap out. That's one of our strains that we made. This shit's interesting. Yeah, I love the structure. It reminds me yeah, of the old school really sours or, or. Yeah. Damn, what does that smell like? I know, right? It's very smell interesting. Smell this one. That one's hard to pinpoint. Little, what the terp probably is, is awesomine terp. There's an awesomine terp that has this really deep hidden smell that I was like, uh, it's hard to describe. Is that, that's a racy Damn. high, huh? That's like. That sativa. one is. Yeah. I can tell just by uh -huh. smelling it, it wakes me up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's so smoking. What's cool about that one is we started. Patch of seeds. We had like started 10 seeds of it or however many had our females. We planted our females we liked and we had one that turned and we had the extra ones in pots. That one, like one of them turned female, the rest were males or whatever on the extras. 
we can always hate to kill plants, you know? So we put that phenotype next to a tomato plant and it's one gallon pot and just buried soil over the pot and put it next to the tomato plant where it's already going to get right. hand Let's watered. see if it survives and what it turns out to be. So the homie at the farm hand watered that shit all year. Everything's on drip at our farm except for that one plant. It's the only plant on the farm. He hand watered it the whole time and it ended up being that phenotype where we, we kept the clone now. It's super special. Yeah, it's we're like, like hmm. it was the one we didn't pick that was in the pot. One <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Oh, always. You're like, number 72 is the one and they look back and they're like, it, that we don't got that one. Yeah. You're like, fuck. <laughs> and that's something else for people like trying to, you know, get wanting to get into outdoor growing or something like to, you know, figure out your climate and everything. And don't like, if you want to get into outdoor growing, you got to be willing to put time into it and like have like, and know it's like you're in it. It's not just a quick little thing. You throw out a plant and harvest it. And oh, I got some fire outdoor. You got to hunt down shit that works good for your area, for your spot, you know, or something that you just tend to want to, that calls to you or in general. So it takes time. It takes experience that you can't just jump into it and be like, Oh, I got this bomb strain from him. I'm going to kill it at my spot. A lot of times too, throughout the years, like people on the hype and on like even say cookie stuff or whatever as the main hype. Um, it's the indoor stuff people are hyped on. You grow it outdoor, doesn't quite look the same. It's not quite the look mm -hmm. in general. It's just not quite you the same. So that throws it off. Real, yeah. Yeah. Instantly throws it off the look right away. It's it's not what they're used to. <laughs> What's the number one thing people look for in outdoor weed? Is it terps? Are they like the smell first? Or are they going after look first? I right think, now, uh, I, I would mean, say looks are still a huge part about the outdoor. Mm -hmm. But the terps <laughs> have to be just as just behind that. Yeah, it's like these days it's funny. You know, the mar they're getting picky, so it's like they want to see it looking nice and, trim, a, and really it's got nice a, and it's got to have super trim, nice, super trim, tight, we nice. We trim our shit a little looser. We like our flower. Not timer style. Some of the no, stuff so we trimmed ourselves. Like, all this stuff. So everyone else seems to like it tighter. So like well, our stuff that goes in the eights for the clubs and stuff. We have our trimmers that they trim it tighter, and we don't like it all the way, but we just go with the flow because everyone else seems to want it like that. Yeah. And even our <laughs> homies will show them, and they're like, "Oh, it trimmed it up a little tighter." And we're like, Fuck, <laughs> "Man, like <laughs> Jesus Christ!" <laughs> we used to call that the Florida. Everybody's trim. a connoisseur now. Yes. Yeah, yes. You know? For sure. Yeah. And the thing with the strain change too, we all like with new strains. We always like new strains too. We grow from seed a lot you know i'm new every time phenotypes are always new we, we love new things too but we don't uh follow the herd like where we have to hear the name before we like it we have homies that like they ha if they hear the name and it's not a name that's already hyped up and they look at the flower it's already a, a down a notch you know it's already b grade now it's not in their mind get even before they even saw it they're like oh it's not it's like I'm so looking. many people they just go off the um, the name alone before they get to know what they want to like. Like to look at it first, smell it. Do you like it or does someone else like it? Because everyone likes that. Do you like it yourself really or what? Like, or is this weed not hype, but it's still cool? Like this one here is the sum of it and it's really different and it's really cool. But it's like, it's so different. And Beautiful. It's not a hype. It doesn't have like a, the, you know, any big hype behind What's it. What's your guys' top banger that you guys kind of keep in rotation or try to keep around or? Like we're always, uh, things have moved on pretty quickly, but now we're staying with the staple one. That's the Kush one here. The Heady OG this is, and the Headies. This is the, we call it Headies. Uh, the homie that introduced us to TGA, he um, passed away like three years ago. And after he died. Oh, yeah. He, um, this is like the lost turf. Yeah, yeah, that's the OG. That's the real old school. You super packs of the nice. Oh, yeah. nice, dude. dude. Yeah, like after now you can't even find that. Oh, I don't it used to be all OG, all it. sour. I, I'm talking, I'm talking, we got to make like, a trip to Mendo, dude. 2017, <laughs> 2018. They're like you not guys even that long ago. Down yeah. south had way more fire Kush cuts than up north. They're too. gone. Every now. time we try yeah. to get a Kush cut, we never got the oh, one. that was like great OG, bro. And it's oily. I touched it and I can start to my 
fingers already oily just yeah. from touching the butt. I can see yeah. why this would be the top, yeah. the top hitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, this is what people can't really get anymore. Yeah, no. and it's, it's funny because the hype talk is like um, not all OG. Candy. Just last year, maybe people are like, OG's coming back again. And yep. we've always grown everything, but we've liked OG, but we never found the real one. And Sour always sold for years as growing up. Sour was king forever. But... We didn't want to grow sour because it grows like shit. It's hard to grow. If you do the math on Goes how much long, we can get from a tree, long, we get 10 yep. pounds from this plant, hard or 4 pounds trim. from this. That that weed's only going to sell for 400 more. We'll do the math. 10 pounds of this for cheaper is going to make mm -hmm. more money. Why would we grow sour? What's some top shelf outdoor full sun going for right now in the market? Like what's the, for top shelf? Top shelf? Yeah, outdoor. Like, well, uh, like just like a pound wholesale yeah. style? Like I think... Some people maybe can get like a G maybe like 900, I think is easily possible with the right weed. That's like easily possible at a high, high, high. high like that's high. everything they want about it. The but strain, the look, outdoor, the smoke. Everything hits yeah. the, everything triple A. Yeah. 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 Maybe 900. And that's like the Oreos looking stuff. Yeah. Indoor. Look. It still has to look like indoor pretty much. I'd say more of like, mm -hmm. yeah, the average, the top average, these top these days is like, like, you know, like sixes six for know. regular weed yeah for, like, what are some of your favorite breeders you guys have bought seeds from and and grown outdoors that you're like these are all-stars outdoors for us like, sir after Subcool, we started growing exotic genetics mike and we stuck with him like we'll still i haven't bought new we haven't got new strains in a little bit because we've been working on our own strains but he was like a go-to exotic mike has such fire yeah so many times we had Great results with everything we bought from him. Yeah, he's a veteran in the game. He knows what he's breeding for. He knows like, oh, this is going to be a hash maker. This like going into it, he has so much explanation behind like, yeah. the, okay, grease monkey. Okay, so this is a hash maker and we notch it up for gas, but it has the same yield as a cookies and cream. And yeah, he's he's an exceptional breeder who it's funny how like the industry opened up for people showing their faces and everything. He was doing that a while ago, but he's even harder to get to now than I feel like he was back in the day. We used to go to boot his booth yeah, uh -huh. and you'd be able to talk to him and buy seats. Yeah. Now he's even more removed. And it's it's interesting how some of these breeders just don't get not they don't get the shine, but like these are mega stars. Like yeah. he's a mega star yeah. in the cannabis yeah, culture for world. Sure, yeah. The strains he's made is is ridiculous. Yeah. And like the amount of cups he's won, the amount of awards, the amount of growers who have then taken his work and made other work exactly. off of the it. The strains yeah. that he made that everyone else has crossed to that's going to be around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, cookies and cream in a depth house. If you're, especially for rosin now, <laughs> let's go. I mean, I used to joke with my buddy. All right. So you out of 60 feet, put 10 feet of Skittles and the rest, all cookies and cream, run them together. People yeah. will buy all of it like it's yeah. Skittles. You know, like we used to <laughs> game plan these like bullshit totally. moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's some of the stuff you guys have coming up that you're looking forward to? Like, what should people be watching out for? Oh, man. Well, at the moment, we are, you know, gearing up to kind of get back on the road soon and do some more shows. So we're going to be heading out to like Pennsylvania for 420 this year for the big cannabis festival. We, I saw we you just got that. told that uh, by Randy Lanier, smuggler that he did 28 years. And yeah. He was saying it's fucking crazy. Like like eight to 10,000 <laughs> people for 420. Yeah, it's more easy. than that. Uh -huh. It's like 20. Yeah, he was telling like the hemp or what is it? What do you got? <laughs> they the kind of do a lot of hemp talk yeah, to keep it legal. The cannabis yeah. festival. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's a lot of hemp. He was it's saying like, it's insane. And I was just like that many fucking people for, it's for like, real. Holy uh, shit. Not Emerald Cup, how dope Emerald Cup ever was, but it's like back in the day shit when we go out to these other states. It's like 
way chill, yeah. dude. Uh, Cali went to shit with events as soon as it went legal. The legal thing ruined everything. It's crazy how much a lot of these events, like you, you mentioned, you know, Emerald Cup. Uh-huh. Like some of my fondest memories were the early days of Emerald Cup. Yeah, Emerald Cup was For like, real. if you yeah, look back, like when we get 80 or something, Emerald Cup was like <laughs> super special, dude. Like those, those times were like, uh, you can't get that many people together you can't see that much shit going on and yeah. passing around a pinner and you're like remember emerald cup man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shit was, and even the high times cups too were super dope and when we started working with something and cool with him he was doing boosts like crazy so we'd be at when he was booth was popping in the beginning like yeah it was, it was so busy it'd be lines and lines you make so much money every weekend it was crazy go to denver and stuff and do cups up the high times cup he up crush there. it in denver that's where i first got into his stuff so it would be like cups were so fun the whole crew we got to big ass dinners afterwards yeah hella fun times hotel rooms and all the fun stuff and none of that now yeah yes. i think it's gonna you know reemerge. i hope so. you got to go find it now yes yeah. the problem is Used to be that would be the only thing going on. Now it's like you talk 420 yeah, uh-huh. and it's like, where are you going to go? You yeah. can go here, you could go there. You could, I mean, it's everywhere. So for sure, it does get spread out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we go to New York City the past few years for 420 and it's been fucking nuts. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we it's haven't been, been cool to New York York still. We got you got to come. Washington Square Park. And, so but sick. just like Cali, that will die out and, you know, where uh-huh. will emerge next? You know, who yeah. knows? Because the way that it's working is like, uh, if you just take a step back and look at it, it's uh, as like what happened to every other industry. It's, it's, that's what's going to happen. It's every other industry. It gets normalized. It loses yeah. its... Uh, compelling factor of yeah. like whoa uh-huh yeah damn this is so new uh-huh but that happens to everything in every industry yeah. and then know? the industry of the you know the corporate style of the takeover too has happened to every other industry so like yeah. we're we talked about it recently like we're all struggling hard up in there and we'll triangle you know <clears throat> like the only reason we're not even dead right now is because the music like the music's half our life and the farm's half our life we try to keep it 50 50 as much as possible we don't want to do too much farm stuff still even to this day like full time and we don't want to stop doing the music or so it's like we just cut it in half well we probably saw probably the two hardest seasons in the books for a while last two right yeah after yes, corona like it was probably ago, been the roughest two seasons since yeah, it it was, was, yeah. and the prices yeah. were we were getting easily 800 for everything through the clubs after all the fees were gone for the outdoor and then it dropped to like that when it dropped it was like 200 you could people get 200 there's so many people that left their gardens to rot because there's going to cost so much for labor and trimming trimming alone is a hundred dollars like average some people get it cheaper some people do a little more so if you get 200 pound you know i mean you're pay, what are you doing yeah even it probably costs you about 50 to grow it and then now you're going to trim it for 50 i mean you're down to pennies yeah and exactly. then the, tax, the way that it trickles there's nothing so even at where it is right now at five six hundred a pound is still fucked you know and it's got better than it was the, when it dropped <laughs> but it's now staying at this new standard which is like you do your shit right and you do the nice bags and you do the circle where you have lots of products and stuff then i think you can do good but um but it's really hard and people in the emerald triangle are like i don't know if they're struggling more than everyone else in cali but it seems like we're really struggling out there the county fucked a lot of shit up with permitting and people wasted a lot of time a lot of time was wasted just wasted this transitional time and they said things aren't supposed to be big yet and we're capped at ten thousand. everyone else gets to grow acres and that's a problem too yeah. and we wanted it to be like that 
but that screwed us you know what i mean <laughs> well yeah when people are growing fields you know and between that and, er and the all the eradication that was specialized in those specific areas because yeah. they went really fucking hard right before it went to those areas people where fucked for days. other areas they're kind of like they're not even on top of it uh -huh. they're like oh yeah you know you know, it yeah. just kind of goes There's, under the radar, right? And it keeps flowing. But mm -hmm. up in that area specifically, since you guys were the first through the door, it's kind of like where it ends up, you know. They got a bone to pick with yeah, us. Yeah. They're, <laughs> well, well, they're just equipped for it. Yeah. 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 They're ready for it. Yeah. They're like, we got all this shit. We got all these people. We got to keep it going because it becomes a business in itself. And then mm -hmm. the shops and all that other stuff, once people are paying these big licensing fees and all this other shit, they're going to keep complaining and bitching and meeting and, you know, we got to get rid of the, uh, you know, the black market guys they're so that we can keep our shops market. open yeah. so we can keep paying you guys your money on the, you know, taxes and licensing. Um, and it just becomes this whole cycle of, uh, you know, an industry that it, the, the grassroots are being killed off and the, you know, it's crazy too. Cause like where you guys are from and all the, the areas up there. It's not even just a Wii game that relies on it. It's literally the entire community. community. Like yeah. The last two years since it hit this fan, mm -hmm. hella businesses closed. So many. And yeah. COVID already was wiped people out, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah it was like and a stretch of like, just grow shops, and restaurants. Having to move and shit and like yeah. go elsewhere. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I think about it all the time. Like, how do people even get food sometimes? How do people have enough money to survive? You know, it's super crazy out there. It doesn't make sense. Like, uh what's happening you know covid was like a tease of like a they were like covid was crazy too because right during covid is when things were really selling good too like after it hit it was weird how it picked up and it, right? <laughs> yeah. we realized oh what's happening oh i see what's happening they're doing this on purpose or pumping money and everyone's spending all their money real quick but then that when that stopped it was like yeah then it totally changed. now we got to pay for it for decades to come yeah uh -huh. and there's no just pumping more money into it it's like there's no quick fix for this problem. Yeah. You know, I would have easily said, it. nope, we're good with like the, the rise in prices yeah. to see the swing on the other end went so much harder down than it went up in the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. it never comes down. So that's the problem. Yeah. It's really interesting. And so it's like super hard for farms to, to make money right now. For sure. It's good that you guys are pioneers in the putting your face to it, showing what you're doing. Hey, here's right on YouTube. Like I'm watching all your videos and it's so clear that like, oh yeah, these guys are really doing it. Like there's no couple <laughs> plants and let me rap about it. It's like, oh shit, a hedge. And you guys are talking about taking the top layer off and letting the lower buds mature. And you're showing the different strains, what's successful outdoors. So much usefulness for anyone who's wanting to plant a seed outside yeah. to watch you guys' videos. Like that's how we got, that's how I got put onto you guys was YouTube. Hell yeah. Where I was like, oh, sh oh shit. When I'm seeing you stand up in the plants, two or three of you, I was like, <laughs> okay. And then you guys talking about what it takes to, you know, you don't see issues on the plant that the leaves in the bottom are just as happy as the leaves on the top. Like it takes a lot of years of knowledge of failing to get to where you guys are now. If people just cling on to some of this knowledge and learn, I mean, you save yourself five, six years minimum. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. First, it's crazy how many people over the years have hit us up uh, with messages like from like, I'm talking like all parts of the world. And they're like, guys, I, I really watched your two, your YouTube videos. I studied this shit and check out what my garden did this year. And they'll show us pictures. And it's like, they're like, damn near man, no dope looking plants. Like they got them like same style as us. And like, I've t I literally like tripled my harvest this year. Like I'm able to help my, my grandma or my mom so much more. The, the weed is better. I got more of it. It's helping me out. 
<laughs> that kind of shit just like fuels our fire, you know, to keep on educating and keep pushing and trying to get that to more people. We're trying to just spread that, you know, to, to help everybody should be able to grow their own fucking personal garden in the world. You know, everyone should be able to have their own plan in the back to have their own medicine, to play around with it. It's a fucking, you know, this is a natural herb. This is bringing the planet together. This is healing the planet. It's bringing everyone together and they're still, you know, still dealing with bullshit. Yeah. I, even older people, they like to turn it into tea. Things like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I think that yeah, it also gives tea. you purpose uh-huh. too. And sometimes older people feel like they don't have much purpose going on. So they keep a garden going because they look forward to, yeah, to yeah. yielding some. It gives you that annual purpose too. It's rewarding yeah, as hell. Anything, like, yeah. It's it recommended to everyone. Yeah. Just yeah. do something, keep some plants. Yeah. Try to grow some plants. It's, it, it's super a, good for you. It's a big, it's a blessing too when you're able to live off the land. Cause like we, we live in LA right now and it's like, dude, I couldn't live off the land if I like where I'm at. Yeah. Shit. It's like, uh-huh. there isn't any, I don't, I don't even think I have fucking soil on my whole property. Oh, it's you'd have fissarium in a day out here. It's tough. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like to have that up there and, you know, for the people that do have it, make use of it, you know, take yeah. advantage. It's a blessing. Uh-huh. It and is, it is yeah. special. Like you're saying too, like we've known that for all these years growing up and realizing and it, it down to the MSNBC shit. It was like talking about Emerald Triangle. It's always Emerald Triangle, Emerald Triangle. And we're like, damn, this is our shit. You know, we yeah. live here. This is, this is us. And it was always Humboldt too. So as we started doing music where we need to make Mendo, like put Mendo on the map, like Humboldt's, been on the map they take all the shine we're like men don't need some shine a lot of people people would always rep oh i got that humboldt weed and all this stuff like what the fuck they're coming right past us dude that's for real yeah that's dope tell me about the the video you shot the one thing uh and you're covered in ladybugs from head to toe oh that was the ganja goat video okay yeah Uh so i was like what is he when then i was like oh that's ladybugs like i mean everywhere Thirty thousand lady thirty thousand ladybug drop Uh completely covered it was <laughs> one of, definitely one of the weirdest things ever. It felt weird as hell. <laughs> Holy shit! Billions, yeah. you know, billions of little legs walking out there, getting in everywhere. It looked the- like he had been rained on. I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, it's raining!" And then I was like, "Oh, what? What?" Yeah. And I leaned in and I zoom in the screen and I was like, "Oh shit!" It's that's like wild. ladybugs are like the least creepiest bugs and then it gets to that level it was creepy all of a sudden it was like whoa ladybugs are this is too much i mean yeah (laughs) it was gnarly i was like spitting them out of my mouth while i'm trying to do the verse and shit like i'm talking like hours later i think it was even when i was driving down the mountain i was like open up my open up my pants like in between my boxer ring right here there's a ladybug in here jesus christ like you helped the whole county (laughs) with that with that drop the whole county was good yeah 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 we had that idea for a bit and when we were planning to shoot that video we're like oh we should do it in this one and and at the time the farm we were working in uh he had to connect with this dude out at his property he had this section out in this forest area that uh, ladybugs would come to and like mate and and do their thing like oh, these were wild yeah, yeah like yeah. he was scoop- which is he illegal i guess but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not us it's yeah. not it ain't no one i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> allegedly wild allegedly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah layers like scoop- go out and he said unlimited scoop like crazy i was i gotta see it i've never seen it but- dude that's like a gem for most people's gem. gardens they'd be like can i please yeah. come yeah. get yeah and now they're wild ladybugs so they're used to eating predators where yeah. it's not like they were raised in a farm and fed certain things and now it's like yeah. okay now go eat aphids and mites uh-huh like who knows what they were feeding them on the come up where this yes. is like uh-huh. they're bred out there yeah they're ready for that's it. fucking awesome that is yeah. cool right yeah, crazy. yeah so it worked out we're like that's the only we're like that's the only time we're ever going to be able to do this idea because it's not like we're going to go out there and buy fucking 
a hundred of these little fucking ladybug containers. A couple thousand dollars yeah. worth of ladybugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had the hookup. They're just... like, what would your budget for your music video go towards? You're like, well, we had to buy 30,000 ladybugs. They'd be like, what? Well, yeah, we yeah. Had, like, Don't worry about it. Designed a label that had a budget for us. The ideas we'd have for music videos is out of control. There's so many music videos that we do ourselves, you know, and we only have limited ability to do stuff. And there's so many ideas we have that we're like, oh, we just can't do it ourselves. We need to pay a badass to do these things. Yeah, we have ideas that ex that exceed our uh, ability. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, Who's the ultimate collab? Who's someone you'd look forward to collabing with that you're like, oh man, we've been wanting to collab with this person. Um, really, someone him like I'd say Cypress Hill, like Be Real and the Crew Send Dog, and yeah, like, to get the them. whole squad in, yeah. Bobo, like together. Uh -huh. Our ultimate the goal, percussion too. Our ultimate goal would be to bring them out to the garden to record, like we've done our previous albums, is live in the garden. Which, if people haven't know, haven't checked that out, we go, we bring our studio into the garden, set up everything, and record everything outside, like from scratch. We write the music in the garden. Even that, like the uh, couple CDs were off grid. You know, we have solar, the gardens are on solar, so yeah. it's like these. This whole CD is made outside. Powered by the sun, live instruments, drums, drums, horns. guitar, bass, like everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'd been doing it. Like once we got into <laughs> reggae music, we started doing live instrument stuff way more. And I was making the beats like um, I'll make a beat and then I'll be like, oh, my guitar is keyboard, shitty sounding guitar. I want real guitar. And then we started doing that all the time. Like mm -hmm. any song I make, I'm like, oh, I want to, if I'm making a song and whatever the beat comes out to be like, I'll just know if I want something. So we started just realizing how easy that is to get live instruments on stuff too. It's super way cooler music. And then we started playing our set, our uh, concerts with a band. We started learning our music to do it live instead of DJ rap style. Cause we didn't want it to be more like <clears throat> real music and not like, I feel we always felt like if we did it with the band and really mastered it with the band, it's super fun and more musical, but it's like we could get further than like Daniel on the stage as a hip hop rapper with a DJ. It's like not just being white, but just something about white rappers that's like it's like they don't look as cool. You know what I mean? With a band and stuff. You're and trying to us. say I don't look cool? I don't know. It's like <laughs> Well now look at most of the yeah. shows now have full live band behind them. <laughs> yeah. You see that yeah. with like all live a whole different cooler. element. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many like goofballs yeah. on stage that rap and they just like trying to be everyone else. They try to follow what's on MTV. Mm. They try to follow uh, all the stuff they've seen other rappers do. You know what I mean? And we wanted to not be like uh, that's like that full rapper style. We're way more hip hop. Like we are also super inspired by Karis One. Like so much uh, knowledge from him, and like way more than like being a rapper and stuff. And the hip hop is so much different. And we get categorized as rappers from different people that first listen to our music or whatever, and or think like, oh, your music's you do rap music or whatever, and it's like it's way different you know what mm. i mean it's like it's a hip-hop and it's also super reggae and rock and all this it's like it's stuff. yeah it's the guitars behind the beats yeah, and the whole deal like, culture music inspired well. super much these days by like tech nine and like this producer seven too like he they do like every genre of music you know like so cool to mix every genre genre bending you know and like and that's going to like the like reggae on the river and these different festivals like it was a lot different watching these kind of reggae shows compared to like hip hop shows that we would go to and watch, like even big artists that we loved, you know, like Andre Nicotina and all these kind of different people that would be really cool shows. But then to see it, how like different artists were doing it with a live band with no tracks, it's all on the spot and just like how big and how much cooler and more depth the music had to be able to manipulate songs and not mm -hmm. just the same exact song. You know, it's like there's little differences in it and just like, 
how much fun it looked, you know? So we were like, and, and the ability to felt like to play different, like opportunities to play different festivals and things like to be able to come out with a band and play shit live is different than just rocking out on a DJ set. hundred percent. So like, as like a shout out to our bandmates, those are fucking, they're the biz, you know, the Johnny fingers, our guitar player, Trevor Lyons, the bassist and Mr. Blap on the drums. And we've been working with him for years. And like Mr. Blap, we met him through Reek Daddy back when we were first working on our first album. So Blap was like helped with stuff on our very first album. And then years later, we ended up working with him and forming the band when he told us, oh, I used to play drums. And we're like, well, what the hell? We're trying, we're like started, we started playing with this other band for a little bit and it didn't work out. And then we're like needing a new drummer. And then he mentioned it and it started to formulate. And like Trevor, <coughs> Trevor Lyon, we had started collabing with him on the first Planters of the Trees album in 2013. And he had been doing live music for a long time. So yeah, he was like, life. yeah, he's been doing live band. So he's a bass player for all kinds of stuff. So when he was coming through the studio, we'd, he, please, he would have him lay live bass on a track and change this up and do that. And then we started like, oh, and then Trevor, his friend, uh, Johnny Fingers, our guitarist, they worked in a band before <clears throat> for a long time. So they were already clicked up and friends. And we got Johnny on some songs, just recording in the studio with him. And then that's when we started forming, like maybe we could put together a band with all of us and start trying to really do something bigger. And then we started like after that, like it started becoming so much funner doing concerts, like live concerts with the band is so fun. Like both sides of a DJ shows are really fun and always cool, but the band is a different level to it. Yeah. And it's like, it's been really awesome when we would have the opportunity to play some really cool shows with the guys and go all across the country and rock out. And it's fucking a lot of fun. You see a lot of live entertain or entertainers that play live have now evolved from DJ sets to bands. I see it a lot now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Touring and stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. You, uh, you see that progression happen. Yeah. And when it happens, you're just like, oh shit, this is like a production, a full show. Like this yeah. is, you know, just gives it that more, that bigger feel of uh, a more of a connection. Yeah. Just something being played. It's like, you're watching it being played. Like yeah. it's not pre-recorded. Uh, it's, it's more yeah. to look at. Yeah, Big difference. Uh -huh. And it sounds different. So it gives you like a slight variation on what you've already known. So it's, it's like a little bit fresh to your yeah. ears still, uh -huh. but you versus just a, the same beat that you've played in your car a thousand times. Exactly. Uh -huh. And yeah. bands will change things up all the time. Different solos could change. Like, uh, you know, like Pink Floyd or these other dudes, you know, they have hundreds and hundreds of recordings <clears> of their sets and they're all different. They do different things all the time. People love it. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. We was, try to keep our music super live, like no tracks playing in the back, all no click track, no nothing. Super duper live. And it's like, um, it can change all the time. You know, not, we don't have to be set in stone. We have a, we're, you know, we're really hard on ourselves, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Where do people, if they want to listen to your music, buy CDs or even buy the Grow DVD, where do they get that? Um, they can go right to our website, uh, mendodopemusic.com. We have all the links up there, all the shit for merchandise, for CDs, clothes, and then uh, <clears throat> on the Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, you know, all the music videos, all the streaming stuff has all the music on it. All under Mendo Dope Boys. Although they're just Mendo yeah. Dope. Mendo, Mendo dope, dope Boys, we had to do that because Instagram deleted us multiple times. So we had to. Yeah, they don't even let us use our name anymore. You know, it's super fucked up too because there's got, it's like with us, with the music, it's like I've seen it like Cypress Hill and Redman. Redman's talked about it before. Mm -hmm. How much opportunities he missed talking about weed? Just oh, yeah. uh, talking <clears throat> about weed a little bit. Back in the day, he lost Pepsi deals, sneaker deals, all these deals. And then even to this day, us doing weed music, 
is like flagging the shit out of our music because we're too much weed involved in the music. So now our music, like we'd have to do two totally separate pages to have our music be able to not get messed with. So us doing too much weed messes our music vibe up. If we didn't do so much weed music, we would probably be a lot bigger in the music game because our shit would click in better algorithms and get on playlists and we could sound more like whatever too, you know, the other people are talking about. So it's very interesting that to this day it's still yeah, like, it's a, especially social media. It's Facebook, an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. We've been walking the line with them for so long, but we never wanted to, you know, stop or sacrifice what we we're really trying to do. You know, like this is what we want to do. This is what we're trying to put out, and we got to just keep trying to get it out and somehow get past their fucking shadow banning and all their bullshit to get it seen but it, it makes it hard with a lot of stuff that we do videos that are in the garden or album covers with plants on them and all this stuff because we incorporate our music and weed fully it's fully rooted together but you can do two live crew but it, you know what i'm saying that's yeah. the shit side of the things is that it's an unfair advantage where the day that social media allows cannabis and not just deleting profiles, regulating shadow ban i mean that'll be the day for so many people to actually yeah. break out i mean yeah. there's so many great brands that get deleted overnight and it's like no repercussion start start over mm -hmm. it'd be like telling someone like 10 years into business like let's lose most of your customers and not let them find your address you just move addresses uh -huh. and then start over uh -huh. yeah, build, it's like build holy it back up. shit it's the most shadiest shit that's ever happened weed as a whole like we used to think it was just mendo that was getting fucked with you know then we realized okay it's the whole, everyone's even it's worse the than cannabis. Then it's scene. the world, really. And then also, like, when did it go illegal? You know what I mean? Was it just illegal when California went and saw prohibition and all the hate happened with uh, Reagan and whatever? Or uh, that happened worldwide all at the same time? You know what I mean? How did the whole world hate weed all of a sudden together after the 1800s or whatever? It was? Yeah. Whenever the hell good marketing campaigns from alcohol yeah. and tobacco. For the whole world. Like, everybody and most the trends follow from right here america mm -hmm. other people look to see and they're like yeah yeah america wow. started the shit and then now it's changing though because they're not following it anymore no and it's like getting to the point now to where we should start taking a look around like how china is banning tiktok for kids and shit yeah yeah it's smart uh -huh. and they made it yeah they you know have to saying? know so smart. It's like, smart. they have to know something but if you think about uh -huh. it these kids like they can't pay attention to shit because they're just scrolling on TikTok all fucking yeah. day. I seen a video on Instagram of it's rotting their two-year-old kids sleeping. Yeah, it's not real. Just yeah, it's like sleeping and scrolling. Well, it's like what Shanghai, where yeah. you can you can gamble if you're not from there. But if you're, yeah. you know, there's like certain areas <laughs> where they're like, yeah, they don't allow any <laughs> locals to gamble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyone outside money, we'll you're good to go. But yeah. none of our people are going right. to be yeah. fucked up. It's interesting. That's smart. It's very smart, yeah, and it they shows say how it's smart it, as it shows what it's not. That's not a good thing. Can't be a good thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we should take notes at some level. Like, oh shit, they created this. It's if you look at TikTok on what they show the Chinese version, it's like education videos and all this really? other stuff. Yeah, it's and not we even the shit. Uh -huh. now and on Dancing. ours, it's like just polluting. I can never got never got into it, and it sucks because I know there's money to be made on TikTok, but I just cannot force ourselves to doing it. Yeah, and they hate on weed already, so that's a very uphill battle. Oh, you can't even have smoke. Yeah, I mean, you can barely nothing. talk about yeah, it. Nothing. We've tried a few TikTok <laughs> accounts, and it's like it's hard enough just on Instagram, <laughs> you know, and YouTube. Yeah. yeah, you guys have a great following on YouTube, man. You've built up an yeah. awesome career YouTube of like never got when deleted, I, yeah. no, and you guys mm -hmm. got real in depth videos too. Yeah. shit that's hours, like so many hours. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of hours. 
And so this, year, a lot of time, this year yeah, was our, our 10th year film and grow documentaries on like, YouTube. I don't think anyone, like if we were to like try to boast and brag and we try to like promote things like that, no one's, I don't think ever filmed from start to finish for 10 years straight legacy style. You know what I mean? Before this whole 10 years from, to, from this last year in a row, everything from start to finish, whatever fuck happened. You know what I mean? This shit happens. Everything happens. We always send up with a good garden at the end of the year. All the times throughout the spider mite episodes and the rut sits and then the aphids hit and plants that get powder or mold or root rot and die all fully. The whole thing for 10 years, dude. It's like no one's done that. Sub was doing it, but I don't think he had 10 years of no. And, and that's indoor. And, and that was different, different market back different then. Different style. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just crazy to think like uh it's super crazy it's it's somehow we got to keep the legacy people fucking pushing passion passion and knowing that the market yeah it's going to get tougher but it's evolving like this year was but it's going to be better than last year and like we we go Uh through ups and downs and yes there's going to be overproduction but we're also seeing that msos have a hard time producing good weed yeah we also see that damn most people grow mediocre ass herb Uh because they don't want to put the time and it'd be the same in any job they do Right. So it's, you can kind of parallel like, okay, if they'd be shitty at Burger King, they're going to be shitty at growing weed. And that's a good amount of people that have a hard time. It takes a lot of dedication and you have to be passionate about it. Two things that if you're not passionate about cannabis, as soon as the price drops, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. you will outlast these people and that's in any business when it gets hot, everyone wants to jump in. Mm -hmm. And when it gets tough, well, guess what? The people who were doing it before We'll probably still be doing it. And when MSOs come in, they thought, well, we'll just buy it all up. And then they've realized, damn, that's a lot harder than we thought this business. So then they start to back out of the business, which leaves a gap. Mm-hmm. So who knows what it'll evolve to and what will happen. I think rosin really helped greenhouse and outdoor. I think that market is where it will evolve to because no one's asking for rosin right now. Is this indoor rosin, oh, outdoor rosin or greenhouse rosin? Ever since our homie, Mr. Bond got us to make hash. I said, that's hilarious because no one gives resin is resin. Good resin is good resin. And some people prefer. Yeah. See, it's hard to maybe get as a bright color, but not anymore. Really? It's possible. Pull them early. You know, you figure out your techniques, like anything trial and error. You figure out which strains come out lighter are very specific on color. Yeah. There's a lot of freeze drying techniques and other things they can do to keep it bright. But it's a mo- it's a lot of strain too. We just had Nick a T on. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and one of the Shout things he the literally army. says is, "I was like, what's the most important thing for hash making?" He said, "Cultivar allocation, knowing which hash makers I can run and get this result out." And that's the same with outdoor, like honey banana. I know HAF, like they specialize in outdoor and greenhouse honey banana. Like, but yeah, I think that's where the market really will stabilize for outdoor and greenhouse guys, in my opinion, because. Flour will always be flour, but resin right now is like 15 year, years ago flour where you just, you want weed. You don't be like, this is indoor, no-till organic, yeah, or is this outdoor full sun? <laughs> They're not asking that with rosin. Uh-huh. They're like, honey, banana, oh, dude, yeah. all day. Uh-huh. And that's a sale. And it's going for the same price damn near as long as the quality is there as the indoor yeah, resin. Sure. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I mean, that's cr- the market. crystals as a whole. Frenchie Cannoli was like, a, you know, once we met Frenchie, he was a really cool dude. And he also opened our mind to lots of things. His life was crazy. He was a nomad around the world. He traveled everywhere with no money, nothing, and made hash Making around the hash. world. It, craziest stories dude that dude was so badass yeah someone i wish we would have been able to have on um before his he yeah, passed he because said, the stories yeah, would have been we got to smoke 
with him. Was it in Amsterdam? No, it was in Chalice. Barcelona. Oh, what? Oh, was it Chalice? So yeah. it was here. And he brings this crazy water pipe, almost uh big hookah thing. Yes. Yeah. And starts to put balls of hash yeah. on it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Come and just take over a room. That yeah. thing yeah. everybody excited. Yeah. Yeah. He talks and the shit he talks yeah. about, it, people are hooked. He, I'm like, I'm not a big hookah type of guy, but I'm hitting this and it's Frenchies and what happened. Yep. Sounds good. It was crazy. He's yeah. such a cool yeah, dude. And it was such an honor <laughs> that he was friends with Sub because Sub was so big that he was. He met Sub and they linked up and then we were cool with Sub. So we got to work with Frenchie and he made hash for us for years and years. And um, he all opened our mind to, like, we're not growing weed, flour, the whole thing. We're growing trichomes. That's what the whole thing is. We're growing resin. The resin <laughs> is what the whole purpose is. So we started looking at our garden like, wow, if we're growing a uh, hundred pounds, dude, look how much, this is like 10 billion trichomes, dude, or like yeah. hundred trillion trichomes. If we're just growing trichomes, you know, and then you turn it into a product, like you're saying, it's not outdoor nug no more. Now you turn those crystals into a product, rosin or anything else. It's fire and it does no difference in the what the sale is, indoor, outdoor. And you can do it for cheaper, yeah. 10 times cheaper. When we, when we sat down with Mila, she had like this beautiful, elegant way of putting it of like, well, you smoke the trichomes and that's the active part, right? And that's where the flavor is and that's where this. So why would you smoke the rest of the plant material? Uh -huh. And it was like uh next question yeah you don't know it's like yeah that's a great answer i don't know you know like i enjoy it but I, fun, I get huh? your point like yeah that's she had like, a great elegant way of putting it where you're like yeah sound like a poem yeah you know? uh, yeah the, the way they talk maybe, yeah, hit so you in cool. the brain like hmm make me think here. you're like i got it i got it i get it traditional style are so cool listening to them the way they think and yeah just to soak up some of that and you know it's not so much stuff they say very opinionated huh like but it's cool to listen to and pick up what you think is what you like and what you believe in or yeah. whatever. They have so much different opinions. That's cannabis at whole, right? Uh -huh. You get to really like share this knowledge and you take with you what you want and you leave the rest. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes you, you. And you don't ridicule people for the way they do it differently. You accept the cool shit you learned or the stuff you didn't learn. My mom used to always say this, like, well, now you know what you don't want. Or you don't want to do, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you learn a hard lesson and you're like, okay, well that was a, that partnership or that grow was a good lesson the other way. Yep. So mm -hmm. I, I really, it was awesome sitting down with you guys. Like, I love what you guys are doing with recording all this and putting yeah, on yeah. DVDs and music <laughs> and, and showing it off. Cause there's still people scared to sit in that seat and put their face on camera. So it's dope. You guys been doing it for 10 yeah. years plus. Yeah. yeah. And we try to do it in a cool, positive way Yeah, where people can see weed as a, it's not a bad thing too. You know, we never try to talk about the money side of it or like any kind of, like we love guns. We don't talk about guns in our shit. You know what I mean? Just because mm -hmm. that's going to mess the weed thing up because the weed's not about guns at all. We just like it on the side, you know, but we can't promote that with that, with the weed. It's just like super cool. Yeah. Uh, you guys are positive guys and keep doing what you're doing, man. For real because it's going to catch up and it's already been blessing you guys and blessing a ton of people, yeah, whole it's, community. It's obvious to see. Um, it's dope, man. For real. It's Mendo dope. Hey, yeah. 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 <laughs> a home growers, great lessons in these, in these videos you guys put out. And that's where the waves grow and home growers that want to listen to yeah, this while good. they're in the garden. They, yeah. That's the army. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. And it's good for the plant. Music's good for the plant. Yeah. It's like we've recorded an outdoor CD, you know, and then we enter an Emerald Cup plant that was right behind the speakers and got second place 
or third place for mm-hmm. the hash. Like with in between Brandon third gen when it was winning everything. Like we took his third place when he was he swept. He would get first to seventh. You know, years and years. Sweet. And it's like we feel like music helped that happen too. You know, <laughs> we put that energy into it. But we always just try to bring like definitely a positivity, education, and just like having fun with it. We and we know how hard the game is right now for everyone. It's a struggle. But we just want to let people know the real people, you know, just keep doing it. Keep at it. Don't stop. There's still there's enough space in this game for us to fit in here and make it work. And we just got to stay positive and have fun as it works. Man, it's one life out here. We're just enjoying it. We're trying to make the planet better, trying to connect with everybody. And uh, yeah, shout out to you guys for bringing this out to the to the culture and connecting people. We appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate you, man. You mentioned a few people who have passed. So it just highlights like, enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Right. We just talked about two, three Mm -hmm. people that aren't three different people that aren't around. Yep. So Mm -hmm. very cool, man. Fuck yeah, guys. Oh yeah. You already know what it is. If you don't know, we do a behind the scenes called off the mic and everyone needs to live. We had Ed Bassmaster in here before we get to talk a little bit further, smoke one and we get to chop it up. So anyone who sees this podcast on YouTube know that there's more footage that we put on FSOTD.com of us just chopping it up yeah. before and after this. A little bit deeper, a little bit uh, uncensored. The extra goodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys yeah. do a super good job. You guys are pro. It's, it's uh, really cool to see a podcast as pro as your guys is because there's a new standard of podcast and this is it with the setup with the whole thing mike's sounding nice we have not a good setup we i feel like we do music a lot we know our mic should be nice if we're going to talk to people and do lives and interviews even on the on the internet it's, it's important. So you guys have a champ set up. I like it. So we got Pac, man. He just keeps pushing. He's like, better, more. We got this yeah, better, better. It, helps, yeah, dude, yeah. it all helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a progression. Everything's uh-huh. got to improve. Yeah. yeah I went back to your guys' beginning to the newest. Oh, new, my and God. It's a progression for sure. It's, fucking, champ. it's gotten better. The first better. room, we had the logo cut off at the ceiling because we couldn't fit ourselves. <laughs> they the custom painted it. <laughs> yeah. oh, dude. All custom painted How great was that? We're just going to ride it out, bro. Like, let's keep rocking. Fucking it is what it is. They custom yeah. paint the wall and he zooms out. He's like, Mother. the logo's not in there. And we're like, it just got done. It's all fresh paint. Like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then it was before that it was packed at an Airbnb with a recorder, and he's like, "Everyone Audio talk," only. and then he'd listen back. He'd be like, "All right, we're good, go." Yeah. And it's like, uh-huh. you know, and then or uh, it was a flip up table with wizard trees on this side, and him and me on this side. Like, so what's it like been growing? And you know, no cameras. You <laughs> uh-huh. know, it's like, yeah, the, everything to do it all on every site with the visual and the audio because it's nice to have both. Yeah, super champ. Uh, you guys yeah. are killing it, man. Love we uh, we want to come up north this year for Croptober and you shit. Bet. Like I September. Know, I saw you went to you come the, on yeah. uh, the mansion. We came that's too late. Uh huh. That's this, <laughs> this past year. We're gonna come early this year. I tell you what, we'll definitely too. stop uh-huh. through Mendo. Yeah. We're coming straight over. If man. you guys want, stop off we'll bring a couple mics and you could do a live a podcast thing live in the garden. Hundred percent. Yeah, that would be done. Be like this. Yeah, man. So, that's awesome. For real. For real. Love you guys. Love your guys' energy, man. Thanks for making the ride down and uh, yeah. keep doing what you're doing because the game needs more guys like you pushing. Fuck yeah, so, man. Oh, yeah. We we're here. We're here to stay. We're grinding. We're representing the culture. Hell yeah. You know what it is, man. First smoke of the day, the Mendo Dope Boys. Yay, caca. We're yeah, out. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Peace. So if you like this video and you want to see more videos just like it, I need you to click right up here and make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Yo, yo. First Smoke family, right here.